The birth of a plan gone wrong. Things go awry when an author and his wife welcome a pregnant woman into their home with plans to adopt her baby. And that's the only description of this movie. This week on the Made for TV podcast, a deadly adoption. And now, our feature presentation. I want a brand new house on a really nice lake with a husband and child that I can just take with a sturdy dock big enough for 10 plus me. So how you gonna do it? I'm gonna trade this life for fortune and fame. I'll even kill this family and take their name. Cause we all just wanna be book authors making millions of dollars and going on tours, selling books and hooking up with my groupies. And we'll hang out in the coolest bars, live on a lake with a couple of cars, writing books and hitting deadlines, adopting all the babies we can find. Hey, hey, I want to be a book author. Wow. Chad Kruger himself, everybody. We got him. We got Nickelback in the studio for this episode. I wasn't sure on what key to do, so I just uh, I just jumped around to a couple uh, different. You know, keys yeah, you jumped. There, you wanted so. to hit all of them. Yeah, you know, I wanted to give you a taste of the different keys that I could do with that voice. And so, Let me decide. You know, Kyle, I was just telling you before we started recording that I was um, recording like a metal song for a friend. I, know. I right? didn't want to ruin it by saying yeah. I was just doing this, practicing the same thing. Well, it's very funny because I watched a bunch of videos like on how to properly sing in like a distorted voice. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure whatever you were just doing is the opposite of what every one of those videos <laughs> I just You could have just asked me, bro. It's easy. <laughs> I haven't that already lost my voice very- after just practice doing that for the third time. Yes, I was going to say, I think you <laughs> broke every rule that you're uh, not supposed to break uh, when singing in that style. But it was worth it for the good of the podcast, Kyle. Yes, it was. For the good of the podcast. For the good of the podcast. What is this podcast, though? Should oh, I-, I don't know. Why don't you, could you, could you, could you maybe, I don't know, could you tell me what this <laughs> podcast is, good sir? <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Made for TV podcast. This is the show dedicated to celebrating and exploring the unique world of movies made for the small screen. My name is Kyle. My name is Scott. And this is our last episode of our tiny little widow baby New Year's series. <laughs> We're going to do this whole one in baby speak, guys, to baby celebrate, baby. right? We're going to talk like babies. We're going to find a trimester. I can't wait. We're going to be born. Ugh. Okay, please <laughs> scrub this audio off the internet immediately. Uh, <laughs> Yes, this to this. We're doing a series of episodes on Lifetime movies involving pregnancy to celebrate the new year. Obviously. Ooh. Yeah, obviously. What, that's what you do. That's what, uh, that's, I know every, every year, that's what we all do. Everybody gathers around the TV <laughs> all throughout January and pops on some of their favorite Lifetime pregnancy movies. Because you got to honor baby new year. You do. You really Because if you, you don't... Really do. They'll get you that baby new year. 
He'll, 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 he'll come into your house at night and he'll start crying so you can't get any sleep. And he'll have big poopy diapers right on your bed. Right That's on your- what he does. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's, what, it's what baby New Year does, guys. That's the mythos that we all know about him. Yeah, he sneaks uh, into yeah. your bed at night and poop. You said poopy diapers, so he doesn't poop yeah. on your bed. No, he, he leaves, leaves the poopy, poopy diaper, diaper under your pillow like the tooth fairy. <laughs> So you wake up in the morning and you're like, what's that smell? Oh, baby, New oh, Year. Baby, New Year. And then you have oh, to oh. you have to go and throw the diaper away. It's super yeah. annoying. Of course. And I mean, you're going to get, you're probably going to get some poop on your hand or on your pillowcase. You're going to have to wash that sucker. Yeah. Nobody wants that. Yeah. Nobody wants that. It's a big stinky diaper. It's bad. It is. And we also know, like, I mean, other things he does, Kyle, right? Like he replaces your milk with like baby spit up. You know, oh, so you that is you're trying. Yes, yeah, you're trying to fill up your coffee with some a splash of milk. You said, mm-hmm. yeah, this doesn't taste. This doesn't taste like it's milk either to that me. Or it just turns all of the milk into breast milk as it's already in your mouth. <laughs> yes. Just immediately like, what? well, that's the only milk I drink, Kyle. It's the, the best you, kind for yeah, you. You, you. You think I'm drinking? You buy breast milk online milk? from the yeah. the women who overproduce for the like NICU babies. You just yeah. buy it for yourself. Of course, yeah. Obviously, that's why that's why I encouraged you to get into the medical field so I could have a connection on the inside. That, that's, that's what those prescriptions report. have been for. Yes, those blank course. prescriptions that I have signed. That's bad to just say that <laughs> on on a actual podcast. You shouldn't say that publicly. <laughs> should that? Yeah, Kyle, you that shouldn't reveal that one hundred percent true <laughs> secret publicly to everyone. That's what I'm saying I was like, this is bad to like put out in the public. That's good. Uh, you're gonna get. You're gonna. You're gonna lose your medical license. But it was forged <laughs> anyway, so it's. But fine. it was. Yeah, <laughs> sure. It's a big forgery. <sighs> Another week, Kyle. Another beautiful week of podcasting. Am I right? Yeah. Heck yeah. Am I? How was? Hey, how was your week, Kyle? It's good. No baby New Year visits. I know that much because you watched a movie. Heck yeah, I watched the baby. The Deadly Adoption this week. That's what I watched. Did have you seen that one? Uh, you know, actually, yeah, I did. Just happen to watch that one. Interesting. Well, we'll huh. talk about. I guess we'll talk about it in a minute if you want. But um, <laughs> yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. What else did I watch? Well, did you know this movie? Uh, a producer on this movie was Adam McKay. I I yes, I did know that. And I but just tell watched, the listeners. Yeah. So Adam McKay was a producer on this Deadly Adoption movie. But I watched a different Adam McKay movie this week in the uh, Don't Look Up movie on Netflix with, uh, mm-hmm. with you know. Leo and Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence, Lawrence and, and yeah. Meryl Streep and yeah, Jonah Hill. It's okay. It's okay. I don't really. Here's my problem. I saw that movie too. Here's my problem with that movie, Kyle. It's like. I don't know. It's like a big echo chamber circle jerk, right? Yes. It's like I'm, I watch it and I'm like, yeah, I agree that. I understand what you're saying. It's very obvious. It's very on the nose. I understand we've destroyed this planet's climate. It is. It is the Rudolph of red-nosed reindeer on the nose of movies. Like, it's just too much on the nose. Like, Agreed. It's (laughs) just no subtlety to it at all, to the point where it's like, the only people who are ever going to watch this anyway 
are people who already agree with its message. Yeah, which is right? which is global warming is his message. Yeah, message. It's a metaphor Obvious. for global warming. That's what it is. Yes, and it's and how we're not doing enough to stop it. And I agree with that. So I'm watching <laughs> it, and I'm just like, so what are we fucking doing here then? Why are we wasting <laughs> Why, our time with this? Because it's just it's the definition of preaching to the choir. Yes, because it it's like what. What are may the people who oppose? You know, generally people who oppose uh, it, uh, um, global warming or whatever climate like, change. Climate change. You know, if, it, yeah. if it's someone who's conservative, they they already don't like it when celebrities talk down to them. <laughs> That's all this movie is. It's very true. And I didn't even like 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 that aspect of you know. It's just too much. It's too on the nose. I agree. It's just not it's not a particularly insightful or funny or dramatic movie. It's just kind of like yeah. nothing. I you, know? I you know, I think I gave it like a positive review on the on like Letterbox just just cuz I like the act. I like Leo and Jennifer Lawrence. I like to watch them act and so it was you know, and I agree with the message and but overall it's just like like who really is loving this movie? I don't know. Thank God we spent millions and millions of dollars on this movie yeah. to help cure global warming yes. <laughs> it's they saved it it's done they di- yeah they did it adam mckay likes to make i don't know every now and then he makes like straightforward comedies that are pretty good and then he makes like his political movies that are always kind of mediocre yeah well like, he, i guess yeah. he's there i just read something today that maybe he's going to be working on a movie called J nine or J six, the January sixth or ninth. Oh boy. The White House that thing. Sounds like and my fucking worst nightmare. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's it's gonna be another super on the nose. I don't know. Whatever. Maybe I can't wait to see like Adam Driver cameo as fucking the the shaman, the January sixth yeah. shaman dude. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like fuck. Adam Sandler or something fun. in it. There we weird. go. Yeah. yeah. We'll get I don't know. Or it'll be uh, John C. Riley will be playing like a security guard at the Capitol. Oh boy. Yeah, like, he'll play yeah. the security guard that lured everybody away from yes. to like, and he's he's the hero. He'll that's that's what that guy will get to watch is, which actually yeah. would be kind of cool. To, if I, I mean that would be kind of cool, yeah. <laughs> but still, still, it's they're just he, yeah, it's a kind of a pointless movie. But you know what, Kyle? I know you watched. An even better movie this oh, week, yeah. though. Oh, yeah. You watched my beloved Matrix Resurrections with me. Yes, oh. and it was awesome. You came over. We watched it together. I finally watched, rewatched the original trilogy. I was very happy I did that before watching the new one, and it's great. It's a great movie. Um, it's There's a lot of layers to the Matrix, so I'm yes, glad uh, to be your friend so you could, like, just... Dis- explain some of it to me too because like because because like the most people don't know that the whole matrix movies it's like a big like a lot of it has a lot of like trans undertones right and that just adds Mm -hmm. another interesting layer to the movie and so yeah it was great i loved it great i was i was very happy that you liked it and you and i I shared judge my friendship yeah if they don't like it i won't be friends with them well we even had talked about how both of us love the original trilogy anyways and like yes. people don't love the original trilogy, but you and I realized that we are one of the few that just love the original trilogy. So the proud few who will defend them. We yes. are the Zion of, and everybody else is the. 
I do show Lids. up to all my friends' houses like wearing just a vest, like Morpheus in Reloaded. <laughs> yeah. And I say, Hear me! And I preach the value of the uh of the of the sequels. Yeah. That, I had um, I had an an awesome interaction at work because it's talking to somebody who watched The Matrix, um, the new one, and mm-hmm. uh and, and you know we had talked about how in the movie there's the scenes where they're talking about like what people expect from the Matrix. It's like one of yes. the best, one of our favorite sequel or sequences in the movie is mm-hmm. when they're talk like they're acting like they're corporate trying to pitch the third Matrix video game, but it's they're very much just talking about like the next movie or the fourth yes. movie or whatever. So they're talking about what people would expect from the matrix. And so it was just hilarious to me when he was like, man, I was waiting for Neo to do the back bend bullet time thing. And he just didn't do it. It never happened. I couldn't. And I just was like smiling like, ah, oh, man, I love that this is happening. Right uh, now. What, a, what a blue pill. You said, yeah. oh, you're such a blue pill, bro. Yeah. But yeah, great, great movie. Great movie. And that this has been the secret cinema. I can't think of a third S summary for this week because we don't talk about movies that were released theatrically, typically, right, Kyle? No, so, we don't talk about them at all. Yeah, Never. I'm going to start introducing a new segment, like Doctor Davidson's diagnosis. It's going to be Scott's super secret 60 second cinema summary. Nice. I'm going to just summarize my feelings on new release movies. I'm going to start sneaking it in after we've recorded so you have to listen to find it. Kyle. Ooh, nice. Ooh, I'm not going to do that, though, guys, because <laughs> I haven't seen anything new in theaters. Actually, it's not true. I saw Scream. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll talk about Scream and insert it randomly Fits in the with episode. your S theme. Yeah, there we go. All S's, baby, all the time. All the time. Um, anything else noteworthy in your week, Kyle? I don't remember. So no. Yeah, I don't either. I really only <laughs> remember going over to your house to watch The Matrix. Nothing else has really stood out. Nothing over else here. matters. Nothing matters. I got but back the to Matrix work. And I was on vacation. Now I'm back to work. So it's good. Woo! How's work? You got any more script pads for me? Uh, no. Okay. Darn it. No, I recently uh, admitted to that on a major platform. And so mm. I kind of have to quit, cut that out now. Yeah, that's fair. That makes sense. I'll find somebody else. Don't worry. <laughs> There's always somebody else. But now you know why my Twitter bio is pregnancy enthusiast. Um, <laughs> so, Kyle, shall we talk about our history with the movie? Do you have a history with this movie? <laughs> Yes. Sorry, I just wanted to bring back the baby talk. I couldn't uh, couldn't help myself. I actually do have something interesting to say about this movie because we so so this um so you know this, but uh, obviously I haven't mentioned this on the podcast. But Carrie and I are starting to look into adoption for having a, another child. What adopting? Yeah. So oh my gosh, <laughs> surprise! I know you know. But I have a friend named Bridget who's trying to get rid of her. Oh, child, absolutely. Kyle. You know what? Can she just move into my house? Yes, of course. I think that's a great. Well, I, I think, think it, you should. I think you should think about it first. What? Make sure you think about it before you ask her first. Okay. I just want you guys <laughs> to make sure you take some time and think about it. No, I think I'm going to make the call here. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm one step ahead of my wife here. I'm thinking ahead. So uh, so yeah, she just, she'll just move in. It'll be great. Um, yeah. But yeah, so so we are um, so we're in the process of uh, kind of the, the very beginning, the first step of adoption processes is kind of finding different um 
agencies you want Staking to work with. Staking out the parks and looking for the slow kids. Yes, exactly. The ones that you can get before they <laughs> run away. <Yeah. laughs> okay. The slow kids with the moms who are distracted by other children. Uh-huh. So they, went, yes. they might not notice, you know? Um, no, yeah, yeah, so we're looking into adoption agencies, ones that are ethical, you know, ones that we make sure that we, like, that they're not being doing sketchy stuff with with trying to steal babies from mothers and stuff like that, you know. Is that a thing? Well, be, they can be really things you watch out for is you want like a, an adoption agency to um to make sure that they're trying to promote mothers to like be able to keep their kids, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. to to be able to support them not just be like, you know, adoptions like your only option. We should you should like and try to like push them into adoption. You want them to push them more away from adoption. You want them to be able to, to succeed in, in having their own child and things like that. And then, and so that's part of it. Um, there's ones that will cost a lot of money and it's kind of like, are they doing this for a money-making thing, which is never, you know, never a great sign. And so we found a good, uh, a good agency that we like, and we've kind of talked with them and going through the, the first step is the like home visits. And so because of COVID, they can do those virtually. <clears> and so we just had our, we just had our home visit first home visit um, where they ask us some questions and then we give a tour of the home. And uh, we, wa- we did that right before watching a deadly, ad- a deadly adoption. So great timing there. Oh, so. perfect. <laughs> you had the movie playing in the background to like send a message to your agent. Yeah. Right? Like, Oh, yeah. we're going to do some more research. We're going to watch this movie, a deadly adoption. <laughs> it seems great. <laughs> what not to do. Yeah. Um, yes. And so we are in the process of things I, of like, I have to go get a physical exam and, um, all this stuff. So we're looking into uh, domestic adoption. You can't just say yourself. You can't just like, you're a doctor. You can't just like look in I the mirror and be like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. yeah, I'm good. I could fill out the forms <laughs> for the rest of my family too. It'd be weird. I wonder if they would take that. Probably not. I feel like they'd probably be like, they uh, shouldn't. can you, yeah, probably, probably shouldn't. There's a little bit of bias there, you know, uh, just the slightest <laughs> bit. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Yeah. It's uh, it's cool. It's exciting, and um, it it maybe from one to three years before we uh, find kind of match with the mother, and uh, and so we'll see. We're doing domestic adoption, not uh, foreign, and um, it's gonna be cool. And I'll probably provide some updates as appropriate on this podcast. They don't want to hear it. They don't yeah. give a shit, Kyle. All right, they don't. <laughs> That's what hear they're about here your, for. They don't care about your. They only care about cash, all right? They they are it's incensed true. that you dare bring another child into this home. <laughs> all right? You, what are you going to get another who you're going to have to name them something else that starts with C. They get their own corner. This podcast can't handle another another Davidson, <laughs> all right? Well, maybe it'll start off. with a K, you know, cuz there's two C's. Carrie's name starts with C. My name starts with a K, so. Uh, it's Carrie, true. Kyle, you want another cash, K in so. there? You, yeah, you're just trying to trying to get it. Well, Kyle, I think we all wish you, uh, you know, no kid needs to be subjected to you, but we wish Carrie good luck, <laughs> yes. you know? I mean, so that's, <laughs> yes. that's how I feel. Good. You asked me, you texted me and asked if I thought you and Carrie were good parents, and that was a hard question because I, the answer is Carrie is, yeah, obviously. Yeah. So, it's, <laughs> you know, what am I supposed to say to that? 
uh, yeah. kind of loaded, kind of well, seated yourself in there. Well, that was my question, because I asked you to be my reference, and at first I yes. needed to know the, the honest truth. You know, do you think we're good parents? You know, I, yeah. I will be playing them the clip of you saying that you give me um, prescription pads <laughs> yeah. that aren't filled out. Oh, uh, yeah, listen to this real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, in the nature of honesty, in the you know, <laughs> I just can't. I wouldn't feel right if I didn't. <laughs> Ooh, all right. Well, I don't have uh, anything that personal connecting me to this movie. I'm not currently working on adopting a child. Yeah. Um, we did pick so. this movie because we have history with the actors in it because it's yes. a Lifetime movie starring Will Will Ferrell and and uh, Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig, and so yeah. that's super yeah. interesting. And wow, was it hard to find this movie? <laughs> Very hard to find this movie. I had to enlist the help of a friend online, Punky, to add it to his Plex media server because it's just, you can't pay for it anywhere that I could find. There's one DVD copy on eBay that is somebody who burnt a DVD and oh it's $40. <laughs> like, Why is it me? being hidden? What's the secret? I what's I don't what's know. good? What's wrong with it? Is it secret gold? Who knows? Ooh, perhaps we'll have to unravel it, Kyle. Yeah. Should we? Should we just pop it in then? Why not? Let's, Let's pop, pop her in. Pop it in. I was gonna ask if we wanted to talk about any history with Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig, but I don't know what all there is to say about that. Other I think than, that they're both yeah. funny people about fifty percent of the time. So, yeah, Will Ferrell. I mean, ratio. you would know him from Anchorman Two, and Kristen Wiig from uh, uh, from uh, Zoolander Two, actually. <laughs> So. I actually mostly know her from <laughs> Ghostbusters. Um, you know, I'm oh, a big yeah. Paul Ghostb- Feig <laughs> Ghostbusters fan. Oh boy! So. I watched that movie. I I actually before I know we already popped in this movie. And we're supposed to talk about it, but I recently watched that Ghostbusters movie. It's just too damn long. That's its main problem. Really, Paul Feig. He just he loves to. All, I watched a few of his movies because I don't like his directing style but i was like i'll give a few of them a shot you know maybe i'll find one that i like but he loves to just let loose improv happen and it like makes scenes be so bloated and with ghostbusters being like two hours plus it's just a slog to get through doesn't work for that kind of like effects heavy movie to have so much loose improv like dialogue and stuff you does know? he do does he did he do bridesmaids too he bridesmaids? did he did bridesmaids or he he's did. an executive producer for bridesmaids i think did he i thought he directed it but maybe i'm crazy i don't know um he did heat oh, director he did Paul spy yeah, he yeah so yeah he does a lot of he's done like any melissa mccarthy movie that has a positive rotten tomato score he directed oh great <laughs> pretty much and then all the ones that are negative melissa mccarthy's husband directed oh nice so you like bridesmaids though right i think bridesmaids is okay i don't like love it or anything i think it's fine it's It's not my favorite i when it comes to Kristen wig movies i think she it's barb and star oh yeah her most recent one that's like she's so good smashed out of the park when she's like the creative (laughs) voice you know so i want more of that Okay, listen, should we, we pop this movie in. We're not supposed to be doing preamble shit anymore. What is it? What is this loose improv? What is Ugh. this, a Paul Feig movie? What is this, a pa- this Paul a highly... Feig directed this podcast episode? I don't think so. This is a highly structured podcast, and we're start, starting it's right now with this movie. podcast, and I want this movie now. I was trying yeah. to do 
structured settlement. I get it. You were going you know? for the, you need the structured, yeah, that you was what structured I was going settlement. For. Yeah, I got it. Um, first of all, my first note, Kyle, is exactly what you said before. This movie is very hard to find, so the copy that we were watching exists it's clearly like recorded off of someone's dvr yeah because it has it opens with the credits of the previous previous movie movie. (laughs) scrolling underneath like the intro and then you know that cut when you're watching movies and they're just trying to shove them together Uh get you to get you to immediately watch the next one so you stick around (laughs) on the same network yeah beautiful that automaticity is what it's called that they're trying to get i learned that in one of my uh like media studies classes in college automaticity Uh uh-huh all right so the movie opens on a beautiful lake house where robert who is will ferrell and his pregnant wife sarah who is Kristen wig are celebrating the first birthday of their daughter sully weird name for a little girl i feel like sully yeah i don't know it's weird. The only Sully's I know are from Monsters Inc. or the one who Sully so the the one from the Clint Eastwood movie slash real life who almost crashed the plane who had to land it in the Hudson. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah. yes. Sully. Those are the only two you know, Sully's I've ever you know the known. Movie? Did you see Sully the movie? I did see the movie Sully. Yes, he's there was a forced water landing and he yeah, saved 155 souls. It's a great on, movie. Carrie airplane. and I saw it when Carrie was pregnant. <laughs> Yeah. And she cried the entire movie. <laughs> Just <laughs> cried the entire movie. I was get, like, what do you, t-? I was like, everybody lives. <laughs> everybody lives. They all lived. It's over. Like, why are you crying in the middle of the... It's like a Tom Hanks scene in the middle. And she's just like, I'm just so sad. It's so stressful. Like, what's stressful? Listen, Sully's on trial. Like That's stressful stuff. I know, but it was just so funny. It was just the perfect... Um, just a perfect like pregnancy hormone stereotypical pregnant woman reaction but like she's never cried more than in in any movie than in Sully like it was I love that so ridiculously more tears it was insane so she's like oh my gosh Michael Rappaport this bartender he respects Sully so much start crying (laughs) (sighs) okay beautiful um well this Sully, this baby girl does not save 155 people from a from a plane uh, incident. So she's not quite Tom Hanks, but she's great. Robert's holding her uh, while he and some friends talk about his new financial advice book that's just been published. Yes. And they praise him. <laughs> they praise him because he's going to be America's next financial guru and get his own talk show. And he's like... I'm much more interested in spending time with my family, guys. Yeah. And, and I just have to... So this scene, I already don't know what this movie's about, right? Or like, uh-huh. what what is this spo- movie supposed to be? Because you look it up, and the description of this movie is like, oh, it's a satire of a Lifetime movie. But it's like made by Lifetime, right? Yes. It's made by Lifetime, but it's a, sat- it's, it's a satire of Lifetime movies. I've seen a thing that said it was like... Someone, something said it was a black comedy like dark comedy. I'm like, what? So what is going on? What is this movie going to be? And I have no idea yes. at this point. And it's very strange. It's very strange to see Will Ferrell just act an entire scene without like a single joke. Yes. It so, this, is. so this first scene is already like strange because like, you know, I'm not, we're not into the movie yet. I don't know what this vibe of this movie is, but it's just weird to see him act an entire scene without making a joke or without anything being overtly 
like funny about it. Like it's yes. like we're laughing about the financial advisor thing, but it's just a very normal conversation that they're having. And he's just talking about how he wants to spend time with his family. Yeah, this whole movie. I mean, <clears throat> I read on the I read on Wikipedia or whatever Will Fer- where Will Ferrell talks about how people didn't understand that like the joke, the satire element really is that they're just trying to make as straightforward of a lifetime movie as possible just with these two very famous people in it for the most part there are some parts where they crank it just enough though that i thought were very funny um in the movie yeah and it but it, to it, me those parts like are at a the lifetime end. movie with like 10 percent more pepper on it every now and then yeah yeah and it, it's just yeah so i mean i we, we'll talk about it more when we get to later things i guess but yeah yes. so you can continue it is it. a weird yeah. movie though yes it's definitely a hard it's weird when you put it on and because you're like, yeah i don't like, know spoiler this whole like satire thing that they're trying to pull off i feel like they don't even know what they're trying to do and it doesn't there's no satire of anything is my main issue with this movie but it's, see i don't i think that it's not necessarily a satire but we'll get i guess we'll get into it more i yeah to me it's like the joy of this movie or the comedy of this movie is just that they commit to not really making it a satire, I guess is how I viewed it, that they're not really commenting that much on the genre. They're just like, wouldn't it be funny if we made one of these yes. movies? So who and is it a satire for or two? It's just themselves. Doing yeah, a satire that's what I for themselves. That's what I, I guess. Yes. So like, that's why that's this is just a home movie for them now, and, and they that you can't find it anywhere, so they can just uh, yeah, have that, it on that, their that, shelf. Honestly, like that makes the most sense to me. Yeah. Let's keep going. Okay. We jumped way. Yes. Yeah, I, yes, I got we it. did. <laughs> this this okay. movie's strange. Okay. Keep the going. group notices that Sarah is absent, and she calls to Robert, saying that she wants to ride the boat. Um, Robert tries to convince her that she needs to get off the dock because the wood is rotting on the dock, but she stubbornly won't listen. And Kyle, wouldn't you know it, that wood breaks and she falls into the lake. Yeah. And apparently she can't swim or something because he, Robert rushes to the water and dives in and pulls her out and gets her up on land and manages to give her mouth to mouth and resuscitates her. Um, But unfortunately... The stress on her body causes her to lose the baby, Kyle. Yeah, very sad. I thought at first she was just going to, like, because it takes him a while to revive her. We don't know if she's going to make it. I'm like, is this all that Kristen Wiggs in this movie? It's just like, oh, that would be, that like, would that would be, be funny. funny. <laughs> and then, but then, no, she she is alive there in the hospital room and find out that the baby didn't make it. Very sad. Very mm-hmm. sad to start a movie that you think is going to be maybe is going to be like the silly satire thing, but they start off with a woman losing her child. Like, it's just like, what, what's happening? Cause it's so far. I guess I laughed. So I guess I have you a laughed when the baby died. I laughed just because of how melodramatic it was with Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig on the screen. Like I just, <laughs> I could, I laughed because they were playing this ridiculous set of circumstances. So straightforward, you know, like, the wood on the dock broke and she doesn't get out of the water that's like right by the the shore for yeah, what reason like she can't so goofy. swim like and then she it's, is she drowns because of it basically and then they lose the baby yes. it is it's ridiculous but it's not 
It's also not, it's it's on par with the Lifetime movie, I guess, which is what they're going for. Like, yes. Lifetime movies do this sort of thing. And luckily, I had the expert Lifetime movier with me, which was Carrie, who's seen a lot of these. Oh, so. that's what we need. We need Carrie's corner on this one, oh, so she's more yes. of the expert. Um, okay, well, after she falls in and they find out that they, they lost the baby, the title card comes up, A Deadly Adoption, five years later. Uh, Robert has now seemingly become a bit of like a, a homebody recluse or something. He meets with his agent online about his new book almost being finished and how he has been keeping clean and sober. She like hints that he's had some problems with alcoholism in the, uh, what's the interceding five years. I don't know the right word yeah. for sure. that. The, yeah. Um, elsewhere, we see Sarah is like at a farmer's market selling organic baked goods. Um, that's her job. They're like, it says like 100% organic Sarah or whatever yeah, is that's, what yeah, that's the, the name sign of it. on it is. It's so stupid. Yeah. Um, Robert and Sully show up to see her and Sarah gives her a bike for her birthday, uh, which Robert is unsure about because their daughter Sully has diabetes and he's very overprotective of her, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Um, and then it looks like Robert and Sully, they go back to the house to prepare uh, for Sully's birthday party. And then at the party, Sarah confides in her friend Julia that Robert is being overly protective, but he's been sober for six months. Um, and she's just concerned that Robert hasn't moved on since the accident. Um, and she is hopeful, though, because they're meeting with um, mothers for adoption. And she thinks once they adopt a child, that might help them move on from their trauma. Right. Yes. Uh, big red flag. I really think another baby will bring the old Robert back. And that's just yeah, great. Not just not. That's not good. A baby will fix our problems. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what not, not the right mindset to have in any relationship. Yes. As we learned in 15 and Pregnant, Kyle, babies require a, a more love than they give. Yes. So oh, you can't quote. depend on them to uh, fuel your relationship. Um, in bed that night, Robert and Sully talk about their anxieties related to the accident. They that's This is where they reveal that Sully is diabetic and that Sarah can no longer have children of her own. And then they make hanky-panky, which I thought was a little weird that they had sex because it seemed like the vibe should have been that their relationship was, like, very distant, you know? Yeah. But... And we find out later that, that he's good. harboring some serious oh, grudge yes. against her. For sure. Which is the only reason that makes the sex seem weird to me if he's... Yeah, in retrospect, I guess it does. Yeah. But at the moment, you're like, okay, they are, you know, they're 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 getting better. They're ready. Their relationship is good. They want to, like, adopt the baby, right? Because mm-hmm. they're talking about this, yeah. And, like... Yes. <laughs> yeah, and Krista Wig has a just terrible... And she's like, we've tried... And we've tried everything. I can't have children. Like something that you would was just like <laughs> terrible prose, like just like blurting that out. To Exposition yeah. just right out there. Yes. Okay. The next day, Kyle, an expecting mother named Bridget arrives with an adoption agent. Mm. Uh, Sarah and her make some awkward chit chat while she admires like their family photo. And then Robert comes down and she accidentally drops the photo shattering it and we get a nice close-up of that family tableau shattered yes right mm-hmm. oh, what could that be what could we be setting up mm. um 
Bridget hits it off well with Robert while they're all talking. Uh, she reveals that she's read his book before. Um, she's like a big fan of his work. It's so funny to me the way that they treat Robert's books throughout this whole movie like he's a fucking rock star yes, like your song exactly. alluded yes. but he just writes the most like financial writes, advice yeah they're all like just money saving the books whole like thing... debt is a four letter word is the name of <laughs> one of his books and he goes on these book tours that are like rock star tours right like that's yes. and it's very subtle it's like one of the funny things about the movie uh-huh. that I that I did appreciate but yeah it's just a ridiculous notion um and so uh yeah she reveals that she currently lives is living in a shelter uh so that she can try to save up money for a better life um and it seems like a good match as they all head outside Soli rides up on her bike and bridget acts i think a little outside of normal boundaries she kind of like scolds her and is like where's your helmet like very concerned you know Mm -hmm. um and then she goes and like helps Sully put her helmet on. I thought this was really funny when Sully just rolled up because it was like all of the adults were inside. Who was watching her? Yeah, she was just while she was out there. Going around. Dad's not really that concerned, apparently. Exactly. Um, but yeah, very while, red flag. Like she like yells oh, yeah. at the kid. That's not her kid. Where's your helmet? It's like, uh, ma'am, that's my daughter. Uh, yes. Chill. And we should make it clear that Bridget is like young beautiful megan fox type yes it's very you could this is like a megan fox role like this is what's that movie jennifer's body or something yes it's like which is a great movie you should see it if you haven't i have not seen it i have heard it's it's so fun but yeah megan fox and uh, machine gun kelly did you see her uh, engagement ring though i didn't i didn't know that she and machine gun kelly were an item what you've not followed that relationship? How could I? No, I it's haven't followed. Most, no, it's the I haven't most heard about Megan Fox in like ten years. Oh, I don't know what's man. going on with her. Oh man, it's it's just ripe, ripe with content. Is it? It is okay. The like epitome of cringe, like we're vampires relationship. But it's like true love. And so I'm so happy for these two, but they're, okay. but it's so strange. Like this, this ring that he made is it, for her is like her birthstone or something, which is diamond and his is emerald and it's together, but it's made out of like, there, there's parts of it that are, that are thorns. So if she tries to take it off, it'll be painful because love is pain. Like that's his like quote. Wow. <laughs> like, okay. And their so... whole relationship is just ripe with these quotes. It's so fun. It's so funny to just like when they met, like the first time they met was at like at a party, but she, yeah. Megan couldn't see his face. Like they were smoking a bunch of weed. And so like his face was a cloud and, and she asked him if he was smoking weed and he said, I am weed. And then they smoked together and it was like super romantic to her. It's great. Oh, it's so fun. It's it's good stuff. I mean, I would like to go to a party where Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly are smoking weed. That's what I'm taking away from this story. <laughs> it sounds like a fun party. This movie, I, I think this movie would be an incredible movie to watch with somebody who was high, who had no idea what the movie was going to be. I just yeah. want to throw that out there. Like, if you went into this movie blind helped. and stoned yeah. or drunk, I feel like it would just melt your brain watching it. Like, what am I seeing? What even is this the whole time? Um, okay, well, back to the movie, Kyle. 
Yeah, and Carrie recognized um, her, the actress, from other Lifetime movies and stuff. So perfect. That was what when I looked. I think her name is it's Jessica Lounds. Yes, Lounds. Lounds. Lounds or something. Yeah, when I looked her up, that's basically what it said. It's like she was known for mostly Lifetime movies, and like she was on a soapy drama show at some point. But yeah, she's pretty good in the movie. Oh yeah, I thought she was fine. Um, okay. While um, while Bridget helps Sully with her helmet, Robert and Sarah ask the adoption agent about possibly letting Bridget stay with them. Um, and the agent says that that isn't atypical, but they should think about it, you know, before they make any decisions. They don't think about it. They just ask her right away. Yep. Which I loved. Um, and he's like, yeah, he's she she like alludes to he's like, I'm one step ahead of my wife. Would you like to live here so we can take care of you? And it's just like, what? couple what just decides to do this uh, it's i mean you know this is like major boundary issues right like this is oh yeah this is not great and no i uh, it's a weird thing to especially do. if she just yelled at my kid yeah like i'm not gonna yeah. bring her into the house and like <laughs> she's staying at a shelter she looks uh she looks she's very like done up with tons and tons of makeup and stuff and it's like i don't know you didn't really doesn't really look like you came from a shelter but i don't know yeah, I agreed. I don't think it's a decision that I would make or that any viewer who's watching would was make. thinking, yeah, that's yes. a good idea. <laughs> um, she says, Bridget says she doesn't want to be a bother, but she'll think about it. Um, later, we get a scene of Robert like sitting by the lake. He's just obsessing over the accident, replaying it in his mind. He's clearly still traumatized. Um, and then that night, Robert and Sarah put away dishes and they just discuss... Kind of how hopeful they're feeling about this whole situation, right? Yes. And I guess Bridget agrees to move in because the next scene we see is like her showing up with her bags at their door in the morning. Mm -hmm. Either the next morning or just a random morning. Unclear what the passage of time is here. Um, And Sarah shows her to her room. And Sully comes in briefly, and she and Bridget kind of bond about how Sully wants the training wheels off of her bike. And then um, Sully or, or Bridget mentions how she'd love some ice cream, and Sarah's like, "Well, we don't keep any real sweets in the house because of Sully's diabetes." And I'm like, "Super into organic food." Yeah, just to so, warn you, I'm one of those organic food persons. Like, yeah. okay, like because this is after Bridget just asked if she has any ice cream. Like, maybe go get her some ice cream. Like, you know, you were, yeah. D- instead of like holding your ground that you're an organic foods person. Well, like, Kyle, I don't know if you understand how serious uh, diabetic ketoacidosis oh, is yes. or whatever it is. Like, he says, Guess what? When we get there, I'm going to have a nice doctor. You know David's what, Kyle? Diagnosis. Guess what note I wrote after he said those words? <laughs> yeah. I wrote, Guaranteed, this is Dr. Davidson's diagnosis. Di- so. Yeah, diabetic ketoacidosis. <laughs> Love how yes. he says it too. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, where the hell was I? Okay, well, so she warns her that she's an organic food nut, so Bridget's pregnancy cravings are probably going to suffer living there, right? Um, and so they're just kind of sowing the seeds that there's some differences between Bridget and Sarah. You know, they kind of clash a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Charlie, Sarah's coworker, shows up and meets Bridget, and he just seems friendly. That's about it. Yeah. You know? Um Later, Bridget sits alone in her room and she texts somebody ominously, mm-hmm. I'm here. 
before she gets up and finds a magazine with Robert and Sarah on the cover and rips Sarah out of the picture. (laughs) Commercial break. It's so dramatic, the ripping of the magazine. And I I loved it. I loved how dramatic it was. I know. Yeah, and it's yeah. It's this this moment that I felt like there needed to be way more of these little things that just don't happen to the movie. And so, but yes, this, this, the dramatic ripping of the magazine is great. This, the, I know exactly where you're coming from. Cause it's in my final notes on the movie too, where it's like throughout the whole movie, it's kind of like they want to have their cake and eat it too, where they, most of the time they're playing the movie straight laced like a bad it's like as if they got the normal director and a normal bad script for one of these movies and they just said put us in it you know yeah and it and it would work on that level fully as a joke to me just the fact that they committed to be in this dumb movie right Mm -hmm. but they heighten it at a randomly every now and then with just a pinch more pepper and it's like then it makes me feel like the whole movie should be heightened more yeah as it's going on which kind of throws off the vibe and it's like there's sort of like a the joy of this movie if it didn't star these two would just be that like this is a so bad it's good movie right yeah but some of that joy kind of goes away when you know for sure that the people making it are aware of how bad it is yeah, it, it it absolutely needs the pepper in it because it it is just it. What they needed to do was like, so so they want to have the characters play their themselves straight, right? Like the whole yeah. time, it's almost like I want them to react to two things, but there's nothing to them for them to react to. So I wanted to be like, oh, they should react differently to this scene because it's a ridiculous thing, and then they don't the whole movie, and then maybe at the end they do. But it's just like... See, I'm of the opposite mind of you. I think I would prefer a completely pepperless version of the movie. But then I it's just I, boring, though. Because then you don't I have don't anything. Think this, I think this movie is ridiculous enough that I'm entertained by it without the little bit of extra pepper moments cool. in it, personally. This is the type of like cheesy, bad Lifetime movie that I would find entertaining if it didn't star these two people. And so I think it would be a funnier joke to me. It's like a type of video we would make to just like, what if we just committed to like doing this stupid thing that's only funny to us, you know? And yeah. I think on that level is where I enjoy it. And I would enjoy it more if they fully committed to just playing it 100% straight the whole time. But then it would just be a drama because there's no funny you're right it's only funny on a meta textual level and i would think that that was funny and i would enjoy that yeah like that's funny to me that it is just a drama but a drama where i know both people making it are like aware that it's a stupid over-the-top cheesy drama i i guess but they don't even play it dramatic they play it so straight without any any sort of like extra flair with the with the drama right like will ferrell is like very emotionless most of the movie right kristen wig does a great job just acting great and, and like it now that's i do agree with you on that i think will ferrell's the weaker link of the two of them yes at what the movie should be going for he is a little bland but kristen wig is like spot on for this type of movie i feel like yeah but she could play the role and just be like the normal character like a very normal actor like 
just acting normal. So I, yeah, I get the I get the like funny thing, but I feel like that that joke is just for them and not for anybody who's would be watching it unless you you know you do the actors and, and but but then you're just watching a drama and you're not <laughs> watching a satire. You know they're not satirizing anything. In this well, movie. I don't. I didn't go into this movie saying, "Oh, this has to be a satire." If you'll recall, when we talked, I thought that it was just playing it straight, and I thought that that yeah. was funny. And on I its didn't own. know, so I just saw so. that like the text is like it's a satire, is what you find online for it. And so I didn't necessarily go in because I didn't believe it because I read something else that was just like it's a lifetime movie with these people starring yeah. in it. So it's just like it's hard to figure out what's going on, like with with the with the vibe. I think I agree. The movie as it is, is mixed tonally in a way that doesn't work fully for me. But I, I maintain that I would have enjoyed it even more than I did if it were a full-on drama just with these two people. And then I could enjoy the cheesy drama element, but also enjoy that meta level of thinking about it like, oh, these are these actors just like doing their take on the most straightforward version of this movie because it's funny to them that people will be flipping through the channels and be like, is that Will Ferrell and Kristen yes, Wiig? Okay, you I, know, like that I agree with your notion. Funny to me. I agree with that. If it was cheesier, if they played it just a little more cheesy, then I think but I would agree with it. But then they're heightening it more. I like, I don't, well, that's... But then so it's like the, a soap opera lifetime. That's like the gold of a lifetime movie is you have these actors and actresses who are cheesy, not actually like gifted good actors and actresses and i feel like that's what at least you know you know will he's he's the weaker link here but like kristen does a great job playing a good believable character that is like she's a good actress and she plays it really good but like if it was just if it had some cheese to it and then dumbed down everything else i think it would work it's just yeah either way i guess is for me i i see your point though okay let's talk more about it yeah here (laughs) talk more about this movie Okay, Um, in the morning, everyone gathers around the table. Sarah and Sully are going to work, so Robert can focus on writing. Bridget and Sully bond a little bit after Sully insists that she needs to eat some breakfast, some cereal for breakfast. Um, And Robert informs Bridget that the doc is off limits to stay away from the lake, right? Yes. Because he's got some trauma. Here's a weird thing that kept happening throughout this movie and in this scene, too. They seem like they're very overprotective people, right? Like hyper cautious. But she is constantly like just saying, like, I'll just have coffee. Like she's drinking coffee all the time. Yeah, I know. While she's supposed <laughs> they're to be not pregnant. Supposed they to, never, yeah. yeah, they never question it once or bring it up. I know. You'd think they would, but yeah, they don't. So I noticed that too when she's like, I'll just have a coffee. I'm like, well, that's your one for the day, is what I was thinking in my yeah. head. And then, but they never mention it. <laughs> No, and she goes to like they go to a Brian bumps into her at the coffee shop later. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah. That that's one of those moments that I think is a little bit of extra pepper in the writing, like a little bit of jokiness. There knows what it's doing. Um, Robert meets with his agent again online. Oh, did you see the delicious cereal that uh, they that they ate? No, what was the cereal? Flakes. (laughs) Just flakes. Flakes. Yum. Mm, can't wait to get my flakes mm, today. Get, the, get your flakes. 
Yum. All right. Uh, Robert meets with his agent online again, Kyle, um, and she tries to persuade him to go out on a book tour, which he just refuses. He wants to be with his family. And last time he went out, he partied so hard that he blacked out. <laughs> yeah. uh, and his agent mentions, like, you've got all these groupies waiting for you. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> what in the world? I love it. It's so funny. So to funny. It's a book uh, author. That goes on a it's book not even tour. That he's just a, if, he, if even if he were like a fantasy novel writer, like the world's most famous fantasy novel writer, it would be ridiculous to have groupies. I like think that's even that's like less him. weird to me because if he was a fantasy writer, then you know you get some fantasy fans. Well, right, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it would it would be less weird. Oh yes, yeah, it's the, so my weird. Point that is, it's it, a, w- it would still be ridiculous yeah. to be this intense, even if he were doing this I thing see, that's yes, less weird. Exactly. But it's the fact that he writes finance, finance books, like and help has books, <laughs> rupees. Yes. Like people are reading them as if that's just like that's popular culture in this world is finance help books. Um. Bridget comes into his office after the call and asks if they have any sunblock. And she kind of like, she's she's giving him flirty vibes, right? Um, so they go into the pantry to look for sunblock, which Bridget finds. And she secretly moves so that Robert will have to like reach over her to grab it. Yeah. And then they share sort of a charged like face-to-face moment. Yeah, she pantry. is laying it on thick. And this whole movie, she's Fair. wearing these dresses, which I wrote it down later. It's a specific type of dress because Carrie's like, I am so done with these dresses. Because she, she wears a new one every time. They're called... Uh, doll dresses. I'll get to it later in my notes or something. Okay. But there, it's a specific. I didn't have any problem with the dresses, I'm going to say. Well, uh, she was just tired of seeing like her wear a different one of these like same yes. type of dresses and like her intense cleavage yeah, showing. Yeah, intense cleavage. <laughs> and, like, and like she talks in this like sexy voice this whole time. Mm-hmm. Like it's very much a like, I don't know, Megan Fox sexy voice type deal. I don't know. It just seems yeah. like it should be Megan Fox playing this role, but. Jessica I would almost wonder if maybe they asked Megan Fox to be part of it. Yeah. She said no. Because uh, I do wish that that's one aspect of this movie, too. I wish that the entire cast were famous people almost. Yeah, you know? rather than like, just the top two. Just the two of them. If it was a whole cast of people that were playing it like at this level, I think it would be funnier, too, if this were just Megan Fox and basically the rest of it was unchanged. Um. Okay, at the farmer's market, um, Charlie and Sarah are talking, and Charlie jokes about her leaving Robert alone with this beautiful woman or whatever. And it's like, there's like this moment where I remember Charlie, Sarah brings up like how she's pregnant or whatever. And and Charlie's like, well, how do you think she got that way, right? Like by being beautiful. It's like, it's just, I don't know. I just thought it, it was funny because she was like, well, how would you know? Because he's gay or something. Yeah. Like, yes. How, oh, yes. He couldn't possibly recognize yeah. a woman as beautiful. <laughs> um, meanwhile, at home, Bridget sunbathes in like the most seductive position possible. Yeah. And Robert creeps on oh, her. Oh yeah, it, like he in is the, very unlikable in this moment. Yeah, because in the in the pantry scene, you can be like, you can see like, okay, she's laying it so like on so thick, and he's able, he's just like maybe at one moment like shares a look that maybe like, oh, he's maybe showing some interest or something. But it's like, okay, he's trying to be a good dad, he, good like husband, and not like. I would be so uncomfortable if that was him, you know? Because when she walks it, before that scene, like she walks in and she's like. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you have any of like? Can you 
Do you have any food or something? Oh, I did it. I totally bothered you. Oh, the life of a writer. It must be. It must get hard. And and he's like, it does. And you'd sometimes. be uncomfortable because you'd have a boner. Is that what you're uh, saying? Yeah, that's it. That that's point? exactly <laughs> yes. the uncomfortableness I was talking about. No, I'd be like, no, this girl's not staying in this house. She's trying to actively <laughs> seduce me in the pantry. And so like at this, so before this moment, you're like, okay, well, you know, Robert's trying to be a good guy. And then it just, you just are like the camera is looking her over as if you're his gaze and it just stops on her breasts and like (laughs) stays there. And you're like, okay, okay, Robert, like, yeah, you're creep. Like, this is not good. Yeah. So I think and she like opens her eyes and looks at him like knowingly that he's staring at her. (laughs) That's what, that's an element of this movie that's weird with it being Will Ferrell because like if this were a normal lifetime movie this would be like a super stereotypically hot dude yes, right yeah so maybe it would feel less creepy because in movies like charming hot guys can just do things like that and we're all coded to be okay with it you know because that's just how it is but Will Ferrell just looks a little bit creepier which then like makes it feel creepier and thus makes him un- more unlikable than maybe it should so early in the movie. I don't know. I think you it know? would feel any, I, I would know. feel like the same way if it was just a, if it was a good looking dude, like doing I guess it. the filmmaking like, really lingering on her, but there's just something about how he looks like half posed out the door that just makes him look kind of like a gremlin and not like a <laughs> not- charming guy who like accidentally stared a second too long or something. Right. Like, sure. I don't know. Sure. There's just something a little bit about his casting in particular on that for me. Um, there's no way that, I mean, anybody staring at somebody who's sunbathing from the door is like a creep. So it's whatever. Um, just in the way that films usually portray it, it might be different. Um, if it was like this really charming Chad type dude, but that's, this is where it was weird to me that like they had sex earlier because he seems like he is so like immediately willing to kind of flirt with the boundaries of their relationship, right? Like that it was weird that they seemed pretty close before Bridget showed up. Mm -hmm. Um, But she, Robert creeps on for a bit and then she decides like she's too tired um, to leave. They were going to go to the farmer's market and like see Sarah like later, but she's tired. So he decides that he'll just make them lunch at home. Right. Yeah. It's weird because he he texts Sarah that that's going to happen. And she's a little bit apprehensive about it a little bit because a little bit more because Charles like mentioned, hey, Charlie got in her head. Yeah, Charlie got in her head. But also, I mean, I understand like I would kind of think that I would be a little bit I would at least have the thought of like of being worried about this young girl like at the home and like. Dad if we were already, there. if our marriage was already on the rocks, I think I would. Yeah. If not, I probably wouldn't be like too concerned. Yes, yeah, so I'd be very but, trusting. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, but yeah, I know you don't like it when beautiful pregnant women hang out with Carrie <laughs> alone. Yes. I know you're very worried about that. You think that you're going to end up in a in a Ross from Friends situation where your wife is pregnant or your wife turns out to be a lesbian and has a baby <laughs> yes. with another woman. Yeah, exactly. yeah I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. 
another day, it just like cuts to a different day. Um, Bridget has a mysterious phone call at the coffee shop before bumping into Charlie. Um, and she barely recognizes Charlie and is a bit standoffish to his like joking. But to be fair, his joking is kind of inappropriate. He's yeah. like, he's like, be careful around Robert. You know, the police have like a mandatory escort on him at oh, all yeah, times. They, uh, he's so abusive. Watch on him. Yeah. So you better watch out. Like he's, it's like, this is not the time to be making a joke like that. It's not. It's not nice. Yes. That's one of the, see, that's one of those moments that's so ridiculous to me that it's like, it's funny. I feel like that's like, that's pepper to me. Like they've, maybe a normal movie would have some awkward joking, but his joking is about something like so harsh that like the police have to watch him because he might be an abusive alcoholic. Like Mm -hmm. that, that to me is a little bit heightened from what I would think would be in a normal lifetime movie like Uh, this. Yeah. They're they're They can get pretty crazy. We need to watch more. We need to watch more. We're going to get to the bottom of it over the course of this podcast. And then, Uh, yeah. And then Charles asks her if he can feel her belly. That's the, that's mm -hmm. the more ridiculous thing to me. It's just like, Oh, can I get, Oh, can I? And he like puts his hands out to like touch her belly. And it's just like, no, you don't, everybody knows you don't do that to bring a woman. I mean, he, well, it's weird to reach out. He, I guess it's, it depends on how well you know him, I guess. He doesn't know her well enough to even ask, I suppose. This is only their second time meeting. Like, if it were like, I don't know, like my sister is pregnant. I feel like I could ask her if I could yeah, feel s- her sister. Belly. Yeah. Yeah. Or a close, a very close friend, you know, but not, I don't not remember, someone who's virtually I don't a remember, I'll have to ask Carrie, because I don't remember anybody asking Carrie if they could feel her belly. Well, you know, I don't ask. I just go in. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just, uh, I, yeah. But you've got free. You're you're good. You're fine yeah. with that. Yeah. We're you guys. You guys open the door and I just run in, hands out, <laughs> like looking. You still for do her. it, which is strange. <laughs> Very strange. Uh, um, <laughs> that <laughs> night at dinner, they make chit chat about Sarah's business and how Robert's like petitioning for quieter engines off the lake. Yeah. It's like the stupidest <laughs> scene ever. It's so pointless. Yeah, it's too loud with when all the yes. when all the tourism tourists come, they bring their huge, their huge uh, motors, and he's petitioning to have, make there be a limit to boat size. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Um, Bridget reveals that she is envious of their perfect life and family, and hopes one day that she can have such a life with a family like theirs. Hmm. And then she's we told, see yeah, she's Sully. Gonna kill, she's gonna kill some people. Oh, yeah. That's the oh yeah. At this point, and then we see I was Sully already convinced sleeping. of this like earlier, like in the first scene, when because she, she's very creepily acting. It's like very, it's great. She does a great job. Like she, you know, when I was convinced of it, when the movie was called a deadly <laughs> adoption, <Yes>. and <laughs> that's when I got convinced. Yeah, she also has a quote uh, in this scene where she's like. Oh, you know, I had this boyfriend once who had this big boat, and he would make me sit on the front in my bikini just to show me off. Like, Ugh, like boy, do I know how to pick him? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And she's just trying to flaunt her beauty. You know, she's yes. trying to seduce Robert. Is her old deal? Oh yeah, and, she is. And yeah, it's right in that conversation of him wanting to ban the big boats, and that's what she like comes up with. It's funny. Yep. Um, after that scene, there's just a brief scene of Sully asleep in bed and we can see, uh, Bridget's like reflection on one of the family photos, like staring at her mm-hmm. while she's sleeping. Ooh. And we get another commercial break. 
When it comes back, um, Bridget has helps Sully to ride her bike and like removes the training wheels. That's no good. You can't do that, man. Yeah, she's um, yeah. That's not good. And and tragedy almost strikes immediately because Sully wheels right toward the street. Well, but luckily, I thought that she did, at first. I thought she did it on purpose because the previous scene when she's like in the kid's room, you're like, oh, she's gonna kill the kid. And then the next scene is her pushing her into the road as a car's coming without her training wheels on. And I'm like, is she trying to kill her right now? But I don't think she actually was. No, I don't think she was because it does seem like a large part of her dream life here is, with is also child. to have yes. the child. Yes. Um, so, but right before she's going to like get hit, a, a mysterious tattooed scumbag looking guy named Dwayne stops her. Um, and Bridget seems to know who this guy is and tells him he has to get out of here. Like, go back to the cabin or whatever. Yeah, it seems like this is right? this is baby daddy. This is Dwayne. He's, yeah. he looks this like is who she's douche. been texting and calling. Yeah, this is yeah. Machine Gun Kelly. Yes, this is her Machine Gun Kelly. Um, you can't see his face in this scene. It's just a big cloud of smoke. Yeah. Uh, he introduces <laughs> yeah. himself. He I says, I am weed. Yes. <laughs> uh, but Bridget... He leaves, and then Bridget tells Sully, like, she has to keep all of this a secret, right? And they, like, pinky promise on it to keep it a secret. Because she didn't want, she wouldn't want her dad to get mad at her for taking off the training wheels, and then she wouldn't be allowed to ride her bike anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, and then we have a scene where Charlie and Sarah talk about how Robert has been even more distant and off lately. Cut to Robert sitting by the lake, and he confides in Bridget... <gasps> about the accident and how he blames Sarah. Yeah. Which is, Ugh. wow. It's like, yeah, <laughs> she thinks he's been blaming himself the whole time, but no, because he should have fixed the dock. It shouldn't have been all rotten, but then he's just like, if what, what if she just didn't act so foolishly? Yeah. And then why wouldn't she listen to me? Sometimes I think I may never love her the way I used to. I'm like, wow, this yes. is like a way, way different than what I thought. I thought they were like good relationship with each other. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, he is harboring some serious resentment. Serious. That's why it was yeah, that again is looking back on them having sex. It's just weird that they, that they do. That they're I guess he's just really trying to, to fake it. Intimate. To, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that's a that's a big thing to confide in Bridget. Like, I mean, you're opening yourself up for some, I don't know, some sort of affair by revealing that you don't love your wife to this beautiful woman. By opening up to this, house. like, I don't know, she's probably like 20 years old or something in this. I don't think Maybe, she's like yeah. 18. I, I don't know what her age no, no, is no, supposed not to that. be. I would I would imagine she's young 20s. Yeah. yeah. You don't open up to a young 20-year-old girl when you have a wife. Like it's just you just don't do that. But he's fine mm-hmm. with it. He's he's living his life trying to figure it out, trying to get over this this resentment he has over his wife by confiding in this young woman. It's terrible. He shouldn't be doing it. The actor was 27 when the movie came out, so. Okay. There you go. Um, but I think she's playing a little younger, like yeah. like 24, 25. And she's in another one of these dresses, which are baby doll dresses. That's what they are. You goo goo gaga baby doll dresses. We got some more baby doll dresses. Well, Bridget asks if he's happy, and then he says he doesn't know if he's happy. Well, if she didn't act so foolishly. 
Uh, and then Bridget says she thinks soon she'll be very happy. Mm-hmm. Very ominous again. In this moment, um, I I did want to commend Will's acting because I think he is doing a good job of subtly seeming more interested in Jessica. Besides the scene where he's like staring her over as she's sunbathing, I feel uh-huh. like each time they talk, he's looking her a little bit looking at her a little bit more looking at her lips a little bit more you know every time they they talk it seems like he's doing a seemingly more interested in her and i wanted to say i thought he did a nice job of that well there you go um back in town on a different day presumably charlie stops at the coffee shop from earlier and notices outside bridget arguing with Dwayne. Ooh, hmm. Hmm. but he doesn't speak to them or anything. He just makes a little mental note that he saw it, right? Yeah. Uh, and then at night, Sarah and Robert argue about how he found some chocolate in the pantry, Kyle. Huh. Mm. And doesn't she understand? She obviously does not dangers? know the dangers of diabetic ketoacidosis. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Hey, that's, beep, 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 beep. that's my pager. Beep, beep, beep. beep. What in the world? Is it is it time for Dr. Davidson's diagnosis? It's Dr. Davidson's diagnosis. What's wrong with them? So, uh, so Sully has diabetes, and there are... Do you know how many types of diabetes there are, Scott? At least two. Yes, there are two major types. There's a lot of... There's <laughs> quite a few different subtypes, um, but um, there's type 1 and type 2, so... Uh, what Sully has is type 1 diabetes. The problem with type 1 diabetes is you don't make insulin. And so mm. you need insulin to live, and so Sully needs insulin, and that's why she has uh, an insulin pump. Type 2 diabetes is when you make insulin, but your body is resistant to that insulin. So it's it's they're two separate issues, um, but uh, they both have the name diabetes kind of tacked onto them. So... Insulin is what takes the sugar in your blood and puts it into the cells in your body, into your organs and your muscles and your fat places where it should be. If you don't have insulin, it stays in your bloodstream. And so what is diabetic ketoacidosis? This is a bad, uh, a bad complication of type 1 diabetes where you maybe don't have your insulin available, so you haven't taken your insulin. Um, and so... What happens is the sugar in your blood rises up and your body doesn't think there's any sugar available because it, it has no sugar because you have no insulin to get the blood out of the, sh- or the sugar out of the blood into the cells. And so your body starts going into ketosis and essentially takes calories away from, from the fat in your body. Uh, it can be from your muscles. That's, you know, most people have a decent amount of fat reserve, but the problem is it, it, it creates an acidotic state in your body. Your your blood gets very acidic. It causes a lot of electrolyte abnormalities. You start vomiting. It makes things worse. And eventually you can go into a coma. It's a very bad, bad illness. And it's something that uh, we take care of in the hospital uh, quite frequently. A lot of times I've seen patients who ran out of their insulin. And they didn't have money to pay for it because we live in America. And mm. insulin, that people like to charge money. For life-saving medic, you know, medicines that people need yep. to live. Yep. But hey, if you if they need it, that means they'll pay for it, right? Mm-hmm. So they um so and so so essentially bullshit. so essentially Sully will 
need insulin. And if she doesn't have her insulin and she's eating lots of chocolate, lots of sugars, her sugars can raise and that could be dangerous for her. And so that's what diabetic ketoacidosis is. Mm, thank you, Kyle, for that information. I hope you followed all that, but yeah. th- there it is. Nah. Don't worry. I'm just going to, I'm going to add, um, like the sounds of the adults talking from peanuts over everything you said. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> that it, Kyle? Yep, that's it. But uh, Sully should be able to manage, you know, really having some chocolate available. Like that's going to raise her blood sugar. But as long as she has insulin, she's going to be okay. She's got a, with type one, you really have to be careful with how to use it and how much insulin to take. And so it can complicate things. But overall, Robert needs to absolutely just chill out about this chocolate and sugar (laughs) issue. Like he is, he does not, he needs some diabetic education himself because he's, he doesn't really get it very well. You'd think he would after five years of the, well, actually, I don't know how long he's known that she's had diabetes, but yeah, yeah, Kyle, I don't know when she was diagnosed. He blacks out a lot on his book tours. So yes, there it is. That's Dr. Davidson's diagnosis. Dr. Davidson's diagnosis. All right. Beautiful. Kyle, um, you know, I'm sorry that I made fun of your talk about insulin. I didn't mean to be so insolent. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. There you go. You tell I was trying to think of some way to work the word insolent in the entire time you were talking. Oh yeah, I did you're, not you're, come up with anything good. Your, pun, your your puns for these Dr. Davidson's diagnosis really sticks things together. Together, it's like the glucose of of these uh, of these segments. So yeah, oh, good, good. Thank you. All right, in the morning, Kyle. <laughs> Uh, Bridget goes to take a shower, but she fails to close the door fully, allowing mm. Soli to see that her pregnant belly is a fake. What? And a very unconvincing shitty one with her clothes. I know. Her, it's know. just, it's not like a belly. It's just like yeah. a dome. Yeah. It's just like a pillow cushion taped to her stomach is what yeah. it might as I well knew be. she wasn't pregnant. I knew this whole oh, thing yeah. was a sham. We knew she wasn't pregnant. Come on. Come on. It's her... She's got like the most skinny figure on the planet with just a giant pregnant belly. Like, yeah. just no, no way in the, ever. Um, yeah, she tells Sully that she wears the belly because when women get pregnant, there's two different ways they can be pregnant. Some of them get big bellies, oh, but some yeah. of them stay skinny and petite. And she is one of the skinny and petite women, and she was worried that Soli's parents wouldn't believe she was really pregnant. So she has to wear the fake stomach to keep to convince them, and she makes Soli pinky promise to keep this secret as well. I think that's a decent argument or a decent thing to tell. I think a six-year-old would probably believe that. Probably believe it, yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't have a lot of faith that a six-year-old could keep the secret or wouldn't right. like bring yeah. it up within like. 30 minutes outside of that room but it is pretty good thinking on her feet i would say um after this bridget texts. oh and she like threatens threatens solely she's like you know and if you if you tell you know if you tell him your dad's gonna be mad and he's gonna take your bike away and yeah or and then she says something like and something really bad might happen like she's like threatening this girl like it's (laughs) she's creepy she is creepy. It ain't cool. It's not cool, Bridget. Um, and right after this is when she texts Sarah asking if she can take Soli to the park. Um, and she cites that it was Robert's idea. 
And then she tells Robert that Sarah asked her to take Soldy to the farmer's market stand. Hmm. Uh-oh, Kyle. <laughs> hmm. Um... After she's left, Robert goes to Bridget's room and finds a copy of one of his books signed to Joni. What? And this, Hold on. Who is Joni? Who is what? Huh? And this unlocks his memory. We get a flashback yeah. <laughs> sequence of him like at the bar, getting drunk and being like surrounded by women and hooking up with one of them. And it's like dark and silhouetted and then the lightning flashes while she's behind him and we <gasps> see that Joni is Bridget. What? What? Oh my gosh. She's a groupie. She's one of the groupies. You never see it coming. <laughs> um, and then he runs to Sarah's stand looking for Sully and uh, Sarah this is says, like presumably, it's presumably the night he blacked out, right? Yes, this is that night I guess. So he didn't remember it until he read her name. I guess. I think you would wake up the next day and be like, who is this woman in my bed? Or even if she's gone, I think I could wake up and tell that I had sex. You know? Yeah, like, probably. I mean, not to get too graphic, but there's usually some <laughs> residual residue if you don't make a point to clean things off, I guess. Maybe he was so and hungover and he this... just took a shower real quick and didn't notice anything, you know? I guess, maybe. But we know that it was unprotected sex. Yes, we so do. it's like, I would think that it would be, there'd be some signs. I don't mm -hmm. know. That's just me. Um, you would hope. You would hope that you would know. Yes. Even when you go to pee in the morning, if you didn't properly, like, clean things up, you know, you might get one of those, like, split pea streams if sure, there's a little bit sure, of crust yeah. on there. Yeah. Um, he runs to Sarah's stand looking for Sully, and Sarah's like, well, she should be at the park. And then he just races off, and we get a commercial break. This happened, I don't know, I felt like this happened earlier than I expected almost in the movie. Like... I guess I thought we would get more of her trying to seduce him and almost getting him to like succumb, you know, before, yeah, before she like, yeah, yeah, before she snapped and revealed her plan in that moment or something. I think it, was it like, makes sense knowing what the rest of the movie entails that yes. they needed to move things along. But oh, uh, absolutely, I don't, yeah. I don't, I mean. I'm not expecting great plotting from this movie to be yes. good. I just didn't. I just didn't expect it to happen so soon that like she kidnapped solely like halfway through the yeah, movie. It was a surprise. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, we're just going. We're getting into it. Like, there's no more doubt that she is the villain to them. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, although there is some doubt because Robert and Sarah meet with the sheriff at their home and Robert withholds the information. Oh that my he gosh, has. Robert, it's time to come clean <laughs> Dude, to find fuck? your daughter. He's withholding information. He's like, oh yeah, maybe we should find Bridget. He's like, how do we even know her name is really Bridget? Yeah. yeah and like, but, the sheriff's but how like, do we know do her have, name is Bridget? And the, yeah. The sheriff's <laughs> like, do you have reason to suspect that she wouldn't be? And he's like, uh, no, <laughs> uh, no, we don't. I mean, uh, we don't know anything about her. And like, you know, Sarah's trying to cover for him. It's like, yeah, we really yeah. don't know much about her, actually. And like Sarah and the sheriff and everybody, though, because Robert hasn't explained the information he knows, they're all just like, well, maybe her phone's off and she's just like, she'll be back soon. You yeah, know, and like, Robert's like, oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, no, but no, <laughs> Robert, come on. You know, dude. You need to come clean. I, I love this part where the one police woman then shows up with like a picture of the real Bridget. 
you know, and it's a yes. different woman. And the sheriff is like, is there any possibility the woman living here is not Bridget Gibson? Right after Will Ferrell, like a minute earlier, had just said, there's <laughs> a chance yeah, that she's not chance. even really Bridget. Like, I just loved how goofy that was. Um... And then the next scene, uh, it shows Dwayne and Bridget, they have Sully in a cabin on the other side of the lake where nobody will think to look for them, I guess. It's, how big is this lake? It must be a big lake. I don't know. I, uh, um, I thought it was more kind of like maybe it's like a Lake of the Ozarks type lake. Where yeah. It's, um, she does like have to rent a boat. A dammed up river that yeah. it has a bunch of coves, so they're in their own little cove. So it looks like it's small, but I think it maybe is very large in general it must be it must be very large um this is where they look they got the they got the idea for ozark the show from this movie they did that's that's one of the we left out that there's like this whole heroin dealer subplot in this movie there's you know they don't really oh, yeah. address it much he's um, a he's a financial advisor he, he's the money like, launderer just like he's marty yeah. Yes. I'm glad you know the character names. I have not oh, watched that yeah, show since the first season, so I don't remember anything. Oh, about you it. never watched? Oh, I heard the it's season just, four is coming out like soon. It is. It was just too. It's not exactly the same, but like 10% I know too close to Breaking Bad. Yeah. yeah for me to get Because it, it is. It's, I mean, it, it is going off the success of Breaking Bad, right? Like, yeah. It's like, oh, let's do a, a guy who's. Suppose you know, kind of a seemingly straight laced who is now getting involved in like drugs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. it's extremely similar. What I, I I love Ozark. I think it. I think it. Every season is great. I can't wait for the fourth and final season of it. Um, but yeah, what I like about it differently than Breaking Bad is it cuts out the whole deal with the family drama in Breaking Bad where they don't like. Where they're not in on it. No, and Skyler and him have this strained relationship. Like. Most of the show, I mean, the entire show, they have a strange relationship, but for different yes. reasons. And yes. this one at least like cuts that out pretty quick. And that was one of the things that was fatiguing for me the first time I watched Breaking Bad. Second time I was like, okay, this show's great. I love it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I definitely, I enjoyed season one of Ozark when I watched it, but I just didn't love it enough that I kept with like I it was one that I liked when I watched it but then I watched it like right when it came out and it was like the delay between season one and season two I had just like basically sure, forgotten sure. about it and I never got back into it but it's a good show from what I remember so oh yeah watch it or watch this movie which is basically the same thing it's the same thing basically. it's the same thing if you can um, find this movie if you can that's true this will probably be the one movie that nobody who listens to this podcast could it's gonna watch. be our buzz light year of Stark yes hey that but that move that episode did okay so i mean i'm fine with that oh good um, i didn't know it yeah last i heard it yeah so i didn't know no, it's it not our sense. worst performer oh put, our worst performer is aptly bell's magical worlds as it should be <laughs> as it should uh, be thank uh, you yes i'm so happy for that <laughs> this reminds me i have to take a quick detour kyle speaking about bell's magical world and how much we hate the beast right yeah Okay, so Dot has this game on, like, the tablet we got. It's like a counting game, a Disney counting game where each number is, like, its own mini game, right? Mm-hmm. So it'll be, like, it'll be like uh, one of the games is, like, it's 17, and Dumbo spits out bubbles, and you have to pop 17 bubbles, right? Yeah. Um, one of the games is Beauty and the Beast theme, though. 
Uh, and it's like all the books fall off of the bookshelf and you have to put them back on the shelf and you count as you put them back on the shelf, right? But the way that the the little animation of the books falling off the bookshelf is just Belle and the Beast are standing there and the Beast just shoves the bookshelf and they fall <laughs> off. And I was like, whoever made this knows that the Beast is the villain of yes, this story. perfect. <laughs> like, I love what it. What a dick move. The Beast is the true villain. Uh, forever and always. Um, okay. So Dwayne and Bridget have Sully in that cabin on the other side of the lake. And they, she's like, Sully's sleeping. I couldn't tell if she was sleeping peacefully or they drugged her or she was in a diabetic coma. But I think she's just asleep. I think she's just napping, maybe, at this stage. Um, they put her down on like a bed to sleep. And then Dwayne reveals that their plan was to kidnap Sully for a ransom because Robert's so rich, which is fair. Um, not fair to kidnap somebody, but he is rich. He's a good target for it. Um, back at home, Robert pours himself a drink, Kyle, and we, and Sarah's like, Robert, please don't. We're worried. He's going to succumb to his alcoholism, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he manages to stop himself from drinking and he reveals the truth to Sarah about how he slept with this woman who now has their child. Yes. And, and right. I love, yeah, go ahead. The <laughs> Sarah is just like. Right on the money where she's like, you think I'm mad that you cheated on me? No, I'm mad that you endangered our fucking child. Yes. Like, you withhold just... held this you withheld this information, but also she's just mad at him because like he brought all of this on by sleeping with this girl, right? Like she yeah. kind of like goes that direction where I thought she was just gonna stick straight with like, I'm mad at you for not bringing this up earlier. Let's find our kid. But yes. she's kinda like, No, it's all your fault. She's here because of you and all this stuff. So yeah, yeah, a, uh, yeah, it's ridiculous that he doesn't come clean. It's so away. ridiculous that he doesn't come clean right away, but whatever, it's funny uh, to me. Um, and then we get a commercial break, and Sully wakes up um, to a much more devious-looking, sexy Bridget slash Joni now, right? She's, yep. like, added some stripes to her hair, and she's wearing her Daisy Duke jeans, and she just looks She's not wearing little... the pregnant belly anymore. No. She looks kind of like... Like the hottest girlfriend at like the Mega Death concert or something. You yeah, know? she looks like, like an Avril Lavigne type look. She's a little almost. Avril Lavigne looking. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, but she's a little yeah. She's so she she looks devious, eviler now. Um, Bridget tells her that uh, her parents asked. Um, that Bridget watch Sully because they're busy with a friend at the hospital or something. And Sully accepts this, but she says her stomach hurts, Kyle. Uh-oh. Um, Bridget uh, Interesting. Do you think that's a, that might be a sign of diabetic ketoacidosis? Could be, perhaps. Do you know how serious diabetic ketoacidosis is? Um, I'm going to have to re-listen to this podcast. I forgot. Yes. Um, Well, (laughs) Bridget Twell's day. Bridget tells Dwayne that she forgot the medicine uh, for for Sully's ailment. Um, but Dwayne says, don't worry, his brother had diabetes, so he yeah. knows, Kyle. <laughs> they just got to get some candy bars. Just give her some more sugar. That's what she needs. I love it because it's like, that's what most people know about diabetes. Like, um, if someone passes out, like, a lot of people will ask, like, are they, are they diabetic? Let's get them some sugar. Like, that's that's yeah. a very common, like, common-ish knowledge thing. So it's it's really funny that it's in here and that they just go with that. And he's like, oh, she just needs a candy bar. She'll feel better. 
I think honestly, we should probably just rename the types of diabetes to different diseases to eliminate this confusion. If it's just me, I think sure. it needs a PR. We need some PR work on this thing. Yeah. Um, there's a funny Seinfeld episode where like somebody passes out in Jerry's house and they think maybe he's diabetic and like shove cookies into his mouth. <laughs> and I just like when when the when the paramedics get to Jerry's apartment, they're just like. Who shoved a bunch of cookies in his mouth? You're not supposed to do that. Yeah. Like the guy's just like so angry that they did it. It Next isn't. It's crazy when you have like a, a a diabetic who like comes into the ER completely passed out, and you push some um, push some sugar. You know, just like push some sugar into their veins, and uh, uh-huh. and they wake right you just up. Just take some maple syrup in a syringe. Right. They go from like zero to a hundred percent. Yeah, maple syrup. That's anybody got any syrup? Actually, like, that's why I keep, like, Buddy the Elf keeps a little maple syrup vial in his sleeve of at all course. times. That's in my white coat sleeve. <laughs> maple syrup. That's what you do. Um, yeah, it's it's really actually pretty cool to see somebody who's, like, seized and is completely passed out, put a little sugar in them, and they, like, wake up and they're out of, they're walking out of the ER in an hour. It's like, wow, that's pretty cool. But yeah, that's pretty not cool. ideal. But no, not ideal. I think I feel bad for that person who gets better within an hour and probably gets an insane bill uh, because of how our medical oh, sure. system works. Yeah. Um, Give me the money. Yeah. You personally collect on anyone, right? Like that's what you mostly do. That's why you got into it. So you can uh, oh, hunt yeah. down people and collect the money that they owe the hospital. Oh, sure. Yeah. I really connected like growing up, like reading the Bible stories about the tax collectors, you know, the, the, the Roman tax collectors would go and they would charge people more than what the government would, would actually need from them. So they would just collect all this I have literally money. no idea if you're making this up or oh, not. Oh, no, no, this That's is smart. real. This is like okay. Zacchaeus, you know? Zacchaeus was a little wee little man. Maybe you know him. I don't know. Maybe you don't. I don't know. Kyle, no, I don't They were know very this. rich people, these tax collectors, because they would basically just say, hey— Caesar needs needs some more money, and they would give him more money, and they would just keep it, and he had all the power, right? That's why everybody hated mm. tax collectors. But then, but then Jesus came and flipped flipped that upside down, and and wanted to have whatever, blah blah blah. Boom. But yeah, and so, uh, so yes, that's what I do. Yeah, I, yeah, I, that's what you do. I order the you... most expensive tests for people. Mm-hmm. I say, you know what. This would get you by, but this is the top quality test. This is the yeah. Cadillac of tests. Yes, You're going to like this. Mm, this is really good. There's actually laws against doctors owning their own labs. And so, like, I can't, like, refer. You're like, not allowed own... to own a Labrador retriever? Yeah, a Labrador a retriever. Exactly. Yeah. I can't oh, have wow. my patients play with the labs because. That makes money. sense because, like, because it could be a service dog and that could be, like, a conflict of interest. You might, you know, teach it to, like, guide a blind person's wallet into your hand yeah, so you I can might take all the them, money teach the dog to bite them so i have to give them yeah. stitches that's true yeah that makes sense that makes a lot more sense than my yeah. <laughs> leading a blind person except you really don't want to stitch hand. up a dog bite that, that'd be that'd be bad you really just want to treat it with antibiotics because dog bites i got a lot of nasty bacteria in there and you don't want to sew in bacteria to just let it be surrounded by healthy tissue for the for the bacteria to just eat up and cause big bad infections. Mm. So you really don't want to sew those up, but yeah. Well, now I know the next time I get bit by a dog, I won't stitch it up myself at home. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. What were we talking about? Oh yeah. Well, we were talking about how Charlie meets up with the sheriffs (laughs) about seeing Bridget and Dwayne in town that one day, hoping to just kind of like give them a lead. Right. Um, And then Robert, I didn't understand what the fuck was going on in this scene. He is trying to email the adoption agent 
He sent her like four emails, like, can you call me? Can you call me? All within minutes apart. And then he's like, just Googling Joni's name? I don't know. I have no idea what he was trying to accomplish or if it was just supposed to be pure comedy that it made no sense what he was doing. It was unclear to me. Um, I didn't take it as pure comedy. I don't know. I really just don't know I what it was he could have been trying a, to do. A, I thought it was just what would you do as a parent if your child was lost and you felt like you were powerless? <sighs> I, I yeah, guess. I'd probably Google the name. Joni well, he had and, like, you know. if you look though, he had like a bunch of previous searches of like her name and like the town and the lake <laughs> and like things like that. Like, so it was just funny to me that his previous searches were more detailed than this one where he just searched her name. I just, I couldn't understand what, I don't know. I don't think I would Google the person's name, Kyle. I think I would probably be out in the town looking if it were me, um, but whatever. Yeah. Charlie um, is hanging missing child flyers in town, Kyle, and he spots Dwayne getting into his truck. So he does what any logical person would do, which is discreetly follows him. No, no, he calls the police, right? He calls the police immediately. Well, why would you do that? You would call Sarah, obviously. Oh, you're right. Man, I would screw that up so bad. I would have (laughs) called the police and gotten the license plate number and maybe probably still followed. (laughs) But you're right. I should just follow and call Sarah. Follow, call Sarah when the call drops off because you don't have service. Keep following them. Oh, yeah. Get out of the car, snoop around (laughs) the house and look for evidence and get knocked out by the people who've kidnapped the child. Yep. That's what you should do. Yes. Um, And that's what he does. He follows all the right steps. All the right steps. And he's, Yeah. yeah. Man. Unfortunately, though, he does end up getting captured by Dwayne and Bridget. Um, he comes to to find Bridget and Dwayne standing over him, and then they fucking kill him. They killed Charlie. Yeah, they shoot him. It's a deadly adoption, folks. It is. They get a first I really, death. I couldn't believe it that I they know. went there. Just like <laughs> poor Charlie, he was so innocent. I know, and it, and it's um, you know, she doesn't do it. Her like boyfriend guy yeah. who has had a history of whatever who knows at this point he tells him Dwayne or Charlie calls him a criminal at the beginning of this scene and then Dwayne at the end leans down with the gun he's like you were right about one thing though I am a criminal and then we get like just the sound of the gunshot yeah. I'm like wow and, he's dead that sucks yeah very intense death starting scene. to get more ridiculous which is a good thing for this movie all right um and then uh, we get like a sad montage of missing Soli flyers throughout town after this. It was just a weird scene, mm-hmm. a transition scene to let us internalize the loss of Charlie, which I appreciate. Um, and then Sarah meets with the sheriff um, who reveals that their adoption agent was found dead as well. That's two deaths. That's a very deadly adoption. Yes. Um, they show her a picture of Dwayne and she does not recognize him. And then the sheriff asks if there's any chance that Robert and Bridget are in this together, Kyle. Hmm. Oh, not good. Mm. Not I good. believe it. She's already feeling it. some doubts about Robert and he didn't. Give her the information that he had, you know? Yeah, like, and now he's just skeptical. been gone looking, and they haven't had any contact with him. Is there any mm. chance that he's with her? Yes, I think there's a big chance, but, I mean, it's not real, but I'd be I'd be questioning, too. Yes. Um, well, Bridget, back at the cabin, gives Sully some candy. That's not going to go well. Yeah. Uh, and tells her to rest while she goes to rent a boat. 
And she like, while she's doing, she's like, you can come on the boat someday. We'll ride boats together. It'll be the best time. And Dwayne is getting suspicious that he might be the victim of an impending double cross, Kyle. Um, because Bridget seems fairly close to Sully. And he's just repeatedly been like, why don't we just call them and give them a ransom? But Bridget is insisting she needs to take the boat across the lake to go and speak to them in person. Yeah. Right. So that's what she does. She gets a boat. She goes into town. I hate town. that There's she like, goes and rents this boat. It's like nighttime, and the the guy, the boat rental guy, is like, "I'm closing up shop." And she's like, "I'll only be an hour." And then he I lets know. her do it. And I'm like, "Who in the right mind would do this?" Like this guy wants to go home. Like yes. he's not gonna sit sit around in the dark while she rents a boat for an hour. And she doesn't even like say thank you. Like once he once he like half agrees, she's just like, "Here's the money. Bye." And yeah. it's like out of there. And that makes me wonder, like, it must suck renting boats. Like, do people not just leave them wherever if you're a cash rental place, you know? Like, he doesn't make her fill out any paperwork or leave anything behind. He doesn't do it the right way. But, I mean, I've rented kayaks and stuff before, and I don't remember. I mean, they get my information, so it's not like I could just make off with a kayak for I guess this is a small small town, though, and he's very trusting. Yeah. Too trusting. I'm glad that he lives. She might have killed him if he didn't agree. Yeah, so, probably yeah. would have. Um, so she uh, she uses that boat to cross the lake. She goes to Robert and Sarah's house. Um, Sarah is sitting very morosely in her car in the garage, right? Where Bridget reveals herself and her plan to steal Soli and Robert away from Sarah. Uh, she claims that Robert and her are already working together. Right. Mm -hmm. And then she uh, pulls a gun on Sarah and tells Sarah that after her one night stand with Robert, she was pregnant for three months. I'm like, oh, geez. Damn. But she miscarried. Right. And she was driven insane after seeing Robert, Sarah and Sully on TV for some reason. (laughs) It was on TV with his family. I'm like, this show is off the this movie is off the rails here. Like, (laughs) like she was pregnant with this kid. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Deep layers, levels of this. Wow. Wow. Indeed. Wow. Um, and then the two kind of, they have like a brief little fight altercation, right? But Bridget manages to knock Sarah out and she places her in the driver's seat of the car and turns it on, mm. framing it as a suicide from, it's, you know, exhaust Yeah, I mean, inhalation. that's a nice idea, but like she's all beaten up. Like they're not going to think I know, that right? she It's was... like she's got a huge bruise on her face. They're going to question that. Yeah, I think. they're not going to think that it was a suicide. <laughs> Bridget's not working with a full deck, I think it's safe to say. Yeah. Um, Robert comes home and finds the crazed Bridget, who is just like, tells him outright, like, I'm ready to start our life together. You know, I've I've taken care of Sarah. You and I can be together finally. I love you or whatever. Um, he starts immediately trying to call the police, which, I mean, that's not the right move. Obviously, Charlie already laid out the proper way to handle this. You don't call the police. That's nonsense. Yes. Yeah, in the world. Um, yeah, so he tries to call the police, and where does he get him? He gets shot in the arm yeah. by Bridget. <laughs> um, and then he like tries to lunge at her to get the gun, which causes her to fire again, I think, and hit his shoulder, I think. Yeah, he's like, he gets shot again. Yes. It doesn't, it's like, it's so close to where he got shot the first time, though, that like part of me was like, did he get hit again? 
actually or he is lays that there like the limp one? right and so you're he like does. okay he's yeah. knocked out from whatever happens and she thinks that she has killed him i don't think we see where he got shot very well so it's like no. oh is he dead he might be dead i think the wikipedia said he got shot in the shoulder so i'm just gonna believe he got shot like okay. near the clavicle or something i don't know well i think um, eventually we find that out but i think in the moment it's supposed to add intrigue and like yes. suspense where did he get shot is he actually dead we don't mm-hmm. know we don't know um but bridget thinks he's dead and she races back across the lake to get sully she tells sully that her dad is dead very bluntly yeah oh um, uh yeah your daddy's dead so yeah your daddy's dead sweetie Ooh, you get to live with me now Oopsie. though yeah um oh, yeah we can yeah we can live together take the training wheels off whatever la 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 la, la. and then Dwayne is like he's he's like what the fuck's going on he's angry he confronts her and then she just shoots Dwayne right in the gut right in front of Sully that's gonna Sully's gonna be messed yeah, up yeah Sully is the real true victim of this movie like, that's like, the she only she is absolutely not we, leading a l- normal life after this you talked about feeling sad about like losing the baby at the beginning whereas I thought it was just like so ridiculous the scenario that it didn't bother me this made me very sad for Sully cause a six year old seeing a man get shot in the stomach like a foot away from her that's ruining that six year old's life yep like I really oof that's dark see at this um, point the movie's off the rails so it's like so I'm in I'm in on it and it's like I wasn't I didn't laugh at that but I was like oh this poor kid you know <laughs> and he um, like and and Dwayne mentions that he's like he's mad he wants his cut and he specifically he's like specifically like where's my half a million and I'm like they're doing all this for a half million dollars like to split like that was their hope and I'm well, like I think it's well half million each right yeah, half million, yeah. like each, and so okay. like I'm like, geez, who would do that? Carrie was like, oh well, addicts would do that. I was like, oh yeah, these probably they are probably drug addicts, probably what they're looking for. Yeah, but. probably. I mean, five hundred thousand dollars isn't like a small sum of money. I'm sure to somebody who maybe has lived in shelters in her life, if she was being a little, maybe she's drawing from her own experience. It's true you know? enough to like murder a family. I mean, she's obviously not in it for that, but he is. Yes, like I don't he, think that in his mind. I think this was just going to be a straightforward kidnapping, right? Like no murder involved, yeah. and he's already a criminal. Obviously, I mean, he does murder Charlie, so we know he doesn't feel bad about killing people to begin with, I guess. So So, even if they had to break a few eggs, it doesn't seem like it bothers him. I guess (laughs) you could argue he should be looking for more money if possible, but yeah, maybe he doesn't know the extent of Robert's fortune. I don't know. (sighs) Okay. Um... uh Robert at the home, he comes to Kyle yes, and he, he goes to the garage and he pulls Sarah out of the car and he carries her outside. And this was one of the best, like heightened moments to me is the moment where he's like holding her and the garage door slowly opens up <laughs> and like, he doesn't make any attempt to like rush out of the garage. No, he's not even trying to like get her exhaust underneath. Fumes. Yeah. No, he doesn't duck out. He's holding her perfectly framed to have like his hero moment. And there's the a camera. stupid triumphant superhero music playing behind. And it's like, <laughs> yes. there should be like a symphony of like trumpets playing. It's like one trumpet. It's it, it reminded me of YouTube, like soundtrack songs that we would find. <laughs> that are like duty free that we could just use it's a real kevin mcleod oh, original yes. right here. oh yeah <laughs> and like it's so yeah it the music just got me it was so funny uh, yes um robert 
sets her down and he apologizes for blaming her for the accident and he races off to find Bridget and Sully um it's funny I I wonder if she's like you were blaming me for the accident like what um but he's he knows of course that they wouldn't dare drive back through town Kyle so the only way out of town is across this old bridge like this alternate way out of town I guess (laughs) so he gets a boat and drives to that bridge he gets on a boat he gets back on the water over his fear of the water um Bridget takes Sully and Dwayne's truck just before the police show up I guess and they arrest Dwayne who is very mobile for someone who's got a bullet in his stomach (laughs) He's like he's like running around packing bags, talking to the police. I forgot. Putting his hands I honestly up. forgot that he had like a bullet in him at this point. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's, like a it's bullet like, in the gut's a pretty serious thing, isn't it? Like, oh yeah, internal bleeding. Like, you, like it's you probably nicked some bowel in there, and it's not good. Oh, that's like my. I always feel like that looks like the most painful place to get hit in movies is the ones in the stomach because it's so. I don't know. It's there's so much flesh there and organs that it just makes me very nervous. I don't know. I don't know where the most painful place. I would think it has to be like the chest, like because if you if you puncture a lung, that's immediately like you're short of breath. You're trying to breathe and it hurts to breathe. You get mm. shot in the stomach, like you're gonna lose blood fast. But I don't know if it'd be more painful. It'd probably be less painful than a lot of places. Really? I mean, if you get shot in the hand, that's probably way more painful than getting shot in the stomach. I guess to me, it's like your stomach is an area that has a lot of give and movement to it. So I just feel like you're... I mean, not exaggerating mine. My, the wound. I got that rock hard you, abs. So. Oh, that's true. You do have those rock hard abs. I forget about that. Yeah. Whereas, though, but it's like, you know, like your arm, your forearm doesn't move, you know, like it's a straight line of bone. It would definitely suck to get shot there, obviously. Not really what I'm saying, but I guess I just always think like if you're trying to be mobile with a bullet in your gut, it's like every move you do, like your your lower abdomen area is gonna be moving. Sure, yeah, I just no, think about yeah. how so that it, would it'd be suck. ridiculous to move. Yes. But if I'm thinking torso, I'm I I think I'd probably rather get shot in the stomach than the well, if I want to live, that's one thing. But like shot in the lung versus the stomach. If you get shot in the heart, you're not going to experience much pain for very long. You're going to die. Yeah. I think that's also part of it is like the stomach feels like one where you might live for a little bit and like and then really die. be aware of what's yeah. happening to you as you're dying, which freaks me out. So, yeah. I don't know. I always think I think what they say in a lot of stuff is like getting shot in the kneecaps is very painful. Oh, that's sure. something I hear in anything movies that, a lot. That anything that's suck. like bone shattering is going to be Ooh. really painful. Let's test it out. Let's get shot in (laughs) different places and see what hurts the most, We'll go right outside the the ER so they can just take us in. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. Did you ever... You know, like, uh, the jackass guys, Johnny Knoxville, right? Yeah. Have you ever seen the footage of him, like, pre-jackass days when they're writing for this magazine? Um, I can't remember the name of the magazine, uh, but it's a very famous like underground skatey magazine. But he's uh, writing a story for that magazine, and there's footage of him trying out different like um, different self protection things on himself, right? Like pepper spray, getting tasered, and then he buys a bulletproof vest and lets somebody shoot him. What? Yes, it's no, insane. That is insane. His, and he's like, he 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 bought like the cheapest bulletproof vest he could get because he only had like $200 to his name. It's 
the most harrowing footage I've ever watched. Because even though I know he lives, it's just like him out in the woods with a friend and another guy with a camera with like a little six shooter revolver. <laughs> and he's just like, do it, man. Do it. Shoot me. Shoot me. Quick, quick, quick. No, like, I, I could never yeah. do that. Who does it? Johnny Knoxville does because he's no, who, desperate to get money. Well, who shoots oh, him, though? Oh, I don't know who does it. The person does not want to do it at first. I think he has to get like a different person to actually yeah, I do would it. not do it. Yeah, it's so, ooh, it's terrible. And then they have to, like, race off because they don't want the police to, like, show up and ask them about the gunshot. So it's just like, oh, my, oh, you, you got to watch it. It's so insane to watch. That just makes um, me remember the Kenny Rogers jackass yeah, skits. I love those. Oh, those are so funny. I got to rewatch those. I'm going to rewatch those after this podcast right now. Not right now. For all you mad TV fans out there, the Kenny Rogers jacket. I'm Kenny Rogers jacket. Is that Will Sasso? No way. Is it really? I think it is Will Sasso who plays the (laughs) Kenny Rogers jackass. Um, God, that's great. Okay. Kyle, we're almost almost through this movie. Where were we? Um, So, okay. And then we get commercial break after Dwayne gets arrested. Uh, Robert intercepts Sully and Bridget on the bridge. He manages to get there in time, but she tries to run him over while he's standing on the bridge. Mm -hmm. Um, Sully grabs the wheel, which causes them to kind of skid and they crash into the railing on the bridge. Um, Sully gets out of the car and she runs to her dad and the two tearfully embrace Reunited, but they are interrupted by Bridget, who has her gun drawn at both of them, and she basically threatens, like, I'll kill you both if you don't send Soli back over to me, right? Yeah. Um, and then Robert whispers into Soli's ear before sending her over, and when she's about, like, 70% of the way to Bridget, she suddenly runs <laughs> toward the edge of the bridge and jumps off. It's such a terrible plan. It's such a terrible plan, and I love... That she runs, they're like on the right side of the bridge, and yeah. she runs all the way across to the left side of the bridge. Yeah. Like, it's so dumb. It's like the worst, they're like away. And like, so it's hard to know. What, what would you do if you were standing there with your daughter, and this the this crazy woman has a gun pointed at you and says, give me your daughter or I'm going to shoot you. Like, what would you do? And, and like, I don't think I would say to my daughter, okay, walk towards her. And make her get closer to get her. Get closer. And then when you're like close to her, then run for the left side of the bridge and leap off. And then I will run and leap off after you is what happens. And it's just a terrible, terrible plan. So I think I, think I would it's... probably just, I, I was trying to think what would I do? And I'd probably say on the count of three, like run away. And I would run towards her to try and like get the gun out of her hands or and like try and like that. that that's the only thing I could think of that would probably be what I would do in the moment. But I guess it's it's a tough call because I don't I don't know what you do. Honestly, I don't know what what I would do in that moment either. I, I'm sure whatever I did would just end up with me dying. Like, yeah, that's just I what's think so. Like, that's, that's that's you either give be... her the kid and you're going to get shot once she has the kid or you try to charge her and then you get shot and she gets the kid. So your best bet, I guess, is to take that hit and try to get Sully to run and maybe jump off of the closer side of the bridge or something. I don't know. But what they do is, I think, one of those things that's, like, intentionally over, like, 
like five percent over believability yeah. for even one of these movies yeah like um and it's such bad staging too it's like the least dramatic environment this big bright open bridge yep. with like f- nothing around it that's captivating to look at it's just funny that it's like this slow motion of of Sully running <laughs> while Bridget just stares at her running yeah. slow motion um Okay, Robert jumps after her, and they both get back in the boat while a crazed Bridget aims down at them with her gun, Kyle. Mm -hmm. And she's about to pull the trigger and kill them when she suddenly gets shot in the back by Sarah. Woo, Sarah! A sweeping, like, hero shot of Sarah standing there with the gun. Mm -hmm. And then Bridget falls into the water, dead. Good. Uh, She's more dead, trauma finally. for poor Sully. By um, Bridget, you mean Joni? Yeah, I meant Joni, of course. And then we get Bridget's six months later. Dead. She killed Bridget true. too. She did kill Bridget. Do we know that she killed Bridget? We don't know. Probably killed Bridget. But she's though. yeah, she's killed a lot of people. So she has. She killed the adoption uh, person. Like what? Unnecessary to yeah. kill the adoption person. Why did she kill really? her? I don't know, because really, I genuinely have no answer other than it's just an insane detail for this movie to add. Um, Six months later, Sully rides her bike in the driveway with no training wheels. And Robert and Sarah talk about letting her ride to town uh, because she can't be a baby forever, Kyle. And then he asks Sarah how he ever got so lucky. (laughs) And then he's like, oh, I love this song. And the whole family... (laughs) Dances happily in the kitchen to the song on the radio for an insanely long it's time. It's so long, and it's the worst <laughs> dancing I've ever seen. It's so funny. And I'm like, it's so obvious that they did not have music playing yeah. when they were dancing. Because Will Ferrell's like moving his mouth like he's mouthing no lyrics. He's just kind of like moving his lips ever so slightly there's clearly nothing playing. He's not even trying to think of fake lyrics to sing. It's so stupid. Yeah, it's so bad. And like their dancing is like so bad. I'm like, what? This would maybe be a time for these two comedic actors to do something like funny, but it's like, it's just maybe, I don't know. Maybe you thought it was funny. They're dancing. I did but... think it was funny. I can't believe we are in such disagreement on this. Cause I thought this was very funny that this is like, this one stupid suddenly at the end they just go full heightened like bullshit them dancing to nothing like they didn't bother to write an ending to the movie for like a minute it's just so dumb to me it just doesn't like this whole movie is like is they didn't have one like uh i'm confused at what the vibe is for this movie is supposed to be and so by the end i'm just so confused that with with them like dancing it's just not silly enough or it's just like they're just he's just dancing like a bad dancer dad like just subtly and like it's just not enough it was the it was the moving his mouth almost imperceptibly because there were no lyrics to sing or he didn't know them that made it funny and i didn't percept that so 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 (laughs) he's like holding the spatula up to his lips and just kind of like uh, opening and closing his mouth like 10% and looking incredibly awkward while he does it. Um, but Kyle, whatever. Then it fades <laughs> to black and it has the funny, I, I think know. the only flat out funny joke yes. like of the movie. It's a, inspired by a true story. Yes, so funny. <laughs> inspired funny. by a true story. No, it wasn't. 
<laughs> That's such a lifetime what story movie is this? thing. Yeah, like, what is this inspired <laughs> by a true story deal? Well, once there was a pregnant woman that inspired me to write this yeah. story. So inspired by a true story. <sighs> and that's the end of the movie, Kyle. That's it. Should we talk about our best performers then? Yes. Let's do, do you want to go first? Yeah. Uh, my best performer is the, the one person who I really liked every, pretty much every scene that she was in. I was captivated. It was what kind of interested me, kept my interest throughout the movie was uh, Jessica Loundess as Bridget. I thought she did a great job acting super creepy and like she goes off the rails at the end as the bad, you know, the bad character, but she does a great job at being, being kind of the villain of the movie. And I, Mm -hmm. and she gets my best actor award and she gets a child for me. Cause that's what Bridget wanted. She just wanted a a child. So a whole child, which one you got to pick one, but no. Oh, whose child then? I, I don't know. She's just, it's just someone's yeah just someone's child whoever's slowest at the park yep um <laughs> all right for me this was a tough one to choose a best performer because i do think most of the people are pretty good in this movie um i s- did know like will and Kristen are both good uh but i like we said i think will feels a little more out of place in his performance mm-hmm. you know than Kristen does to me so i Almost wanted to give it to Kristen. I couldn't give it to Jessica just because the turn at the end where she's like fully kind of crazy about how she had the child and miscarried or whatever. Like, I just didn't feel the weight of that that much from her. I didn't feel that kind of insanity. I felt more just in love with Robert than I felt her being like insane over the loss of a child, I guess. Um, throughout most of it. So I gave my best performer to Brian Safi as Charlie because I felt I felt some real emotions when he died. And I thought he was a very <laughs> affable person. So nice. I'm giving Charlie. I'm granting Charlie life as wow, his that's good. Award. I granted yeah. a child, you granted life. This <laughs> well, is as great. Long as, we, as long as we just have these best powers. So far. <laughs> yes. Final thoughts, Kyle. I'm gonna go. Okay, go ahead. Because I think I'm more positive on the movie. I think so. Which maybe, yeah. So I here here's what I wrote. I'm I'm torn because I had I had a genuinely good time watching this movie, but like I said, some of the fun of a so bad it's good lifetime movie is ruined when you know that the people making it are acutely aware of how ridiculous, like the writing is, or how bad some of the writing is. You know. And it's played straight down the middle, like 98% of the time. And that little bit of irony, winking moments where things get a little bit like too big um, clashes with that straight down the middle nature of it to me. Like, I think I would enjoy it more knowing that these actors, that it's just a straightforward production with these actors who are clearly too big for it. And that gives it a flavor um to me that is interesting and i thought that the plot and filmmaking was ridiculous enough on its own that it would have been an interesting movie just played 100 straight with like your normal kind of bad lifetime actors in it right mm-hmm. um 
So the little moments where they heighten it enough did make me laugh, even though I think I would have liked the movie maybe better without them. Like the garage door slowly opening part that we talked about. Um, Because it isn't more heightened, it kind of amounts to what I wrote is it amounts to 90 minutes of the same joke, right? It's like 90 minutes of the joke being that Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig are in this movie that they know is not very good. But that joke is funny enough to me. And I personally love the idea of just committing to a joke just for yourself. I like when people create things that feel like they're just for themselves more than anything. And I can enjoy, like you said, you have to know them to really be in on that joke. But for me, it's like while I'm watching it, I can look for like, oh, here's the things that they think are in Lifetime movies. Here's how they think Lifetime movies are made, you know? Like, the little flourishes. I can see how they tried to accurately recreate the elements of a Lifetime movie that I enjoy when they're bad. I didn't fully love it, but I liked it more than the other movies that we've covered so far, I think. I'm giving it two out of three trimesters. Nice. Yes. Okay. Well, I... (sighs) I my so basically Kristen and Will like I thought it seems like they thought it would be funny to like act in a lifetime movie and it seems like an inside joke to them and they and it feels like they they thought it would just produce a funny result but I just didn't find it I found it like mostly like getting served a like just a plain hot dog and it was just was not satisfying but then at the end they gave you like, oh, here's your dessert, and it's like creme brulee. You know, this like crazy off-the-wall ending. But they don't act it crazy off-the-wall themselves. They just act it continuing being straight, and it's just funny stuff happening around them. So I really wish that the rest of the movie had more off-the-wall things happening and them playing it straight through, and I think that would have been better. Otherwise, it feels like they just... It feels like lazy comedy comedy to me where they're just like, yeah, let's just act in this and like make a, a have a good time doing it. And maybe they did have a good time doing it and they're happy with that. That's great. I feel like it didn't really produce a funny result. And so I felt like they just forgot there has to be like comedic elements that are, I don't know, purposeful throughout. And instead they just filmed this thriller with hopes that the off the rails ending would kind of pull it all together and suffice as a, uh, a satire movie um, where where the whole joke is this they played it straight the whole time but it just wasn't off the walls it wasn't off the walls enough the whole time like the the end was and I thought the there was intrigue with the main pregnant lady you know Brig, Bridget kind of interest with thriller but they started it with this miscarriage and it just started off on the wrong foot and so I didn't really enjoy the movie very much at all. Like it was just at the end, there was, I liked the funny scenes a couple times, but felt like the whole thing fell flat. And so I give it one out of three trimesters, which is the same rating I've given every movie in this month. (laughs) And so my rating for these movies, this is, this is the one I enjoyed the second, you know, 15 and pregnant. What a boring movie. Terrible. Like blah, whatever. (laughs) Don't need to watch that again. This one. Okay. After talking about it, yeah, maybe I would rewatch it and think it's funnier now that I know what I'm supposed to be expecting and don't get thrown off by an immediate miscarriage like in the beginning. And, you know, it, 
talking through it, I think it's funnier to just hit on the ridiculous notes. But most of it's just boring, and they're like playing it so like will specifically plays it just so boring and straight like there's no cheesiness to the acting and that's typically in a lifetime movie i want some cheesy i want that i want that good easy cheese moments from the actors that's just like oh they overacted that a little bit too much that's what's that's that's a fine line to me to balance because i i hear what you're what you're saying because the joy of a so bad it's good movie is that the acting is bad in it as well and it's hard because I feel like I like it more if they were like, what if we just tried our hardest to make like as if we were just actors that were cast in this movie, incidentally, yeah. and we just tried our hardest to play it like not not funny, I guess. And I think it like would the, be I think it would be a like a masterpiece movie if they did that and there was enough overacting around them or enough uh craziness happening around them and they acted these the straight the best acting they could provide with a bunch of craziness around them i think a bunch of really bad lifetime actors yes unlike bad plot points and things and and they do have that but it's just it's just not enough it just doesn't work for me so that's that's why it just you know after this movie ended carrie and i looked at each other that was like not a good movie and the point isn't for it to be a good movie but it just was like it's such, a, it's, a, I, it's such a weird object because it's like every every way I can think to do it differently has its own drawbacks. You know, it's kind of like a like a cursed idea, because even if they I don't know if they really heightened it and it was like a really ridiculous over the top plot, like one of the more insane uh, lifetime, you know, plots, then it, people might think it was like too kooky the whole time and like it was i don't know like that yeah. that could be what off-putting ex- in its own way what i was expecting like- was more like relationship chaos and instead what i got was trauma chaos and it's just like it's darker and it really wasn't like a dark you know i mentioned this is there was one site that said it's a black comedy i don't think it's a dark black you know dark comedy it's not like you know i think of dark comedies i'm thinking like American Psycho and like, you know, get out and those type of things. It's not that way. It's not trying to satirize. It's not trying to criticize something about anything about, I thought it was going to try and criticize lifetime movies, but it doesn't do that. It's just a lifetime movie with them in it, Yeah, but it just doesn't hit the, the craziness enough for me. And so it's like, yeah, I don't know. Just it's to just me, not as, I yeah. can agree. I think it is a it's a it's a middle of the road lifetime movie overall. I would I agree with you that it's like anyone else. This would be like a one out of three that I find mildly entertaining. But for me, it is just elevated just that slight bit enough to me thinking about if like if I were in the same situation of just being like, I'm a big famous star, but I just want to for fun, see what it's like to make one of these like lifetime channel movies. Yeah. You know? It is like, an interesting concept. And it's, it's even more interesting to me that this, you can't find this movie anywhere. I'm yeah, like, that's why? very weird. You know, to it's me. so yeah, that, strange. And I'm like, okay, well like, like, so the rotten tomato score, right? This for this, right? It's 14% on the tomato meter audience score is 24%. That's pretty low both ways. So is it like yeah. the actors and Adam McKay just don't want this to be watched? Cause they feel like they made a turd like they, that they didn't hit what they wanted to. And so I feel or like they, it's just impossible that Will Ferrell hasn't had worse duds than this released theatrically. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like, are they just trying to, to keep it? on lock like are they trying to make money on it again at some point 
And th- there was this whole thing, like the, the whole point was for them to just play, do a Lifetime movie. Because when it, it like leaked at some point that they were going to do mm-hmm. it. And because it leaked, Will was like, yeah, we're not doing it anymore. It kind of takes the fun away. And then like a month or within the month of it releasing on Lifetime, they announced that it was coming out. And so they wanted that just like all of a sudden there's a Lifetime movie with them in it. So it's what they were going for. It's just like they picked the wrong plot for it to really maybe they just want it maybe it's hard to find like honestly it might just be something where will ferrell and Kristen wiggs residual payments are too much for lifetime to be able to afford to air at other places (laughs) yeah well they can't afford the the royalties yeah like honestly i could believe that um that that could be an issue because it's hard for an actor to like even take less than what they're worth, you know, like, yeah, like the industry just isn't designed around that a lot of the time. Like you're, if you take less then people will be willing to pay you less for later projects, you know, like that's the whole point of having a quote. Mm-hmm. So I could see where maybe they, they, they struggle to place it. They struggle to have it anywhere on that level. And I think to me, how hard it is to find and how like, out of the blue it was that it dropped just kind of adds to the fun of it feeling like it's just something they made really just for themselves. Yeah. And I wanted something more from that and I didn't get anything more than like, it was like, okay, it's for themselves, but it's also ridiculous sometimes. Like, I think we have the same thoughts on it being disjointed that way, just different ways of how we would execute it to make it better. It sounds like, and so like, (laughs) so yeah, it's, yeah, it is, what it is it's and like it is and it like is one what it thing, is one thing that's a problem with with will ferrell specifically and his brand of comedy is he is so funny when he is trying to act serious about something like that's his whole thing is his characters are typically very serious about something that's ridiculous and mm-hmm. so in this movie he's serious but like not like ridiculous serious so it's weird it's just strange to watch and so it's yeah and like he can't overact it or else it becomes a a complete comedy if he like adds any cheesiness to it it's a fine line to thread and it is definitely i mean i'm on the losing side of uh of it It, no as clear as like uh the audience score or whatever yes (laughs) as far as everyone else is concerned in the world i'm on the i'm i'm in the uh minority one thing i do like about the production of it that i was going to mention earlier but they um uh, they picked a, a, a unknown director, Rachel Lee Goldenberg, to direct it, and just like, oh, oh yeah, you should direct this. And like, it was probably a pretty cool moment for her to all of a sudden be directing. Kristen Suddenly Wig be directing, and, yeah, yeah, these people. She yeah. she ended up doing the movie Unpregnant. I don't know if you ever saw that. I don't, I remember the previous for it, but it's like a. It looks like a. I haven't seen it, but it's like a teenage coming of age girl gets pregnant and is trying to travel across the country to find a place that'll do an abortion for her or something. Hmm. Interesting. I think I. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Um, it's interesting because the Rotten Tomato score, the tomato score is ninety one percent, but the audience know, score is the audience fourteen percent. Hmm. Which is very, I've never seen a spread like that. So I don't know if it was people were just disagreeing with abortion and that's why. I'm going to guess that's what it is, Kyle. I do really like the tagline of the movie. I just pulled it up. It says, she's a type A without a plan B. Yeah. (laughs) That's a funny tagline. I don't know. It's on HBO. I'm going to add that to my watch list. I'm going to watch it. She also directed this movie, Valley Girl. 
um, in 2020. I feel like I almost watched once as well. So, and she was on a Between mm. Two Ferns producer, and that's Adam McKay and Will Ferrell's company is is mm-hmm. uh, Funny or Die. So, well, look at that. What is this movie she directed in 2008 called Sunday School Musical? Uh, sounds oh, awesome. No. And Two competing groups of high school students must rally together and enter a song and dance competition in order to save their church from closing. That sounds like a great movie for a podcast that yeah, focuses on made-for-TV movies to review. <laughs> yeah, it does. A letterboxed average rating of 1.4 stars. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, baby. <laughs> All right, Kyle, enough about uh, Rachel Lee Goldenberg and enough about this movie. We've said our piece. We disagree. Do you want to play a game? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kyle, as you know, this movie was all about a deadly adoption Mm. and included a character who adopted a new persona. Oh, yeah. Which is something you may not know many actors have to do. They have to adopt stage names in order to get themselves into unions or just to make themselves more marketable, right? Just to have a better name for themselves. Yeah, and a lot of times it'll be like you share a name with somebody who's already in the act, like the Screen Actors Guild. You have to have a different name than them to get in. I see. Yeah, unless you're like Tony Hawk and you're born with that name. Is that his birth his name? His birth really? name is Tony Hawk. That's so bad. Destined for greatness. <laughs> you know the only job that he's had other than skateboarding was his. The only um, other job he's ever had was being a paper boy. Do you know what he used okay. to deliver papers? Skateboard? A skateboard. Nice. Destined I know that he was a stunt double in um, the movie Escape from L.A. directed by John Carpenter. That's there's awesome. A, there's a scene where Kurt Russell rides a giant uh, like tidal wave on a surfboard, <laughs> and Tony Hawk plays his body double riding the giant surfboard uh, tidal That's wave. That's funny. That's funny because Tony yeah. Hawk is like, he does not want to surf like he is... I don't know if they, I don't know if he's scared of it, but he's just like the idea of water like falling and having a wave crashing on you is like well, Kyle. Ever since his pregnant wife stood on that dock with the rotting that's wood, right? <laughs> you know how he feels. Yes. <laughs> okay, so what I've done, Kyle, is I have assembled a list of famous actors who have stage names, and I have their birth names Ooh. for you. Okay. And your job is to try to figure out who this actor is. And I will give you a series. uh, I will give you a movie that they are in, an increasingly more obvious movie that they are in. This is going to be easy for me because I always know their birth names. I always go by actors with with their birth names instead of their real names. That's why it's hard for me to bring up their, their actor names. Cause I'm always thinking about their birth names. So, all right, perfect. And your goal here, we'll say if you can get it on like the first movie, you'll get three points. The second movie, two points, the last movie, one point. All right. All right. And your goal is to get, we decided moments before starting this podcast, seven points. Woo. Woo. Let's do this, Kyle. All right. Your first adopted identity is, Michael John Douglas, star of Johnny Dangerously. I don't know that movie, so I think I'm going to have to get a second movie at least. I kind of figured you weren't going to know that movie. (laughs) You're not going to probably know most of the first movies, but I went off of movies that I have seen for them. Okay. For all the things. Um, All right. 
His second movie, then. The Other Guys. Yeah, it's Mark Wahlberg. Mm. That's incorrect, Kyle. What? What did you just... What's his name? He is in the movie. Michael John Douglas. He is in the movie The Other Guys. It is not Mark Wahlberg. I will give you the last movie, Kyle, okay? (sighs) I can only say the name of this movie twice, though. Beetlejuice. I have never seen Beetlejuice. I don't know anybody who's in Beetlejuice. Um, It's over. Beetlejuice leaveable. You've never seen... That's that's my other guess. Kyle... It's Batman himself, Michael Keaton. Really? Yeah. Where did he come up with the name Michael Keaton? I don't know. I know why he probably changed his name for Michael Douglas, because there's already a famous actor named Michael Douglas. True. So, yeah. All right. All right. Not a great start, Kyle. Not a great start. <laughs> a little worried here now that you didn't know Beetlejuice. I should have put know Batman, Michael Keaton I was guess. in Beetlejuice. I thought Beetlejuice would be more obvious than Batman, so I didn't put Batman. <laughs> So that's my bad. Uh, yeah, I don't think I would have. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. All right, all right, all right, Kyle. You're next. This is you're gonna get this one. You're gonna get this one. Okay. Netta Lee Hirschlag, star of Where the Heart Is. Uh, second movie, please. Second movie, Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. If this is Natalie, Natalie Portman, Natalie, Natalie Portman, it's got to be. Kyle, you're correct. Yes, it is. Her name's Natalie Netta Portman. Lee? Netta Lee Hurstock. Yes. That's awesome. She is, uh, I think, born in like uh, Jerusalem. So, yeah. Oh, I cool. Think. Is Maybe she? that's right. Born in is she Israel? Israeli? She's, I'm, I'm not actually sure. I shouldn't have said where she's born because I don't really know. I know she's Jewish. That's, that's okay. what I know. <laughs> that's, that's cool. Yeah. Why did? Yeah, she just wanted Portman. I think that one is one that's just more marketable. Or, Natalie gotcha. Portman seems far Natalie, more marketable Netta than Natalie Hirschlock. Yeah. What do you think the actors like go by? Do you think she like around her? I guess her family probably is still like Netta. But yeah, they like, might. I mean, Netta Lee is like I think it's just like whatever her native like language is it's just yeah. the natalie equivalent so if they've come over here and they all speak english they probably just call her natalie as yeah. well like yeah okay you got two points kyle so you only need to get you only need to get five more points this is easy easy this is easy easy okay i know what one of them is going to be already so it's easy perfect all right your next one i i really don't know how to say this name so sorry <laughs> if this person's listening brianne sidoni Desaunier. Okay. All right. Star of Short Term 12. Nope. Never heard of that one. I love that movie. It's a really good movie about like a, like a troubled youth, uh, um, like short term housing for like kids who are, I don't know, under like suicide watch and things like that. Ooh. But it's more uplifting than it sounds. Um, all right, Kyle. Second movie that. Brianne Sidoni de Saunier is in one that I know you love Kong Skull Island. Um, huh. I, who's the main, it's not Jessica Chastain isn't in that, right? I forget the girl. I don't know. Is that your answer, Kyle? That's my answer. <clears throat> Incorrect. 
I may have picked that movie because I think it's kind of a bland movie and you gave it four stars and not being able to remember who one of the leads in the movie is is indicative of its blandness, but that's... Uh, I remember Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> but you don't remember. remember his romantic partner. Ah, girl. Her third movie, you might get it after this one, Captain Marvel. <laughs> That's right, Brie Larson. <laughs> That's correct, Kyle. It's Brie it's Larson. Like, I couldn't remember the who. Uh, yeah, the lead was oh Kong Skull Island. Great movie. <laughs> Easiest Great four movie. out of five stars in my life. <laughs> I love that movie. It's I think not it's worth a, a. It's not worth a four and a half out of five, but it's a four. No. I think it's a three, three and a half at best, personally. But that's just me. So fun! What a great monster movie. All right, Kyle, you got two left, and you gotta get, you gotta get four points. Okay, so, easy. I know. No it, problem. I know what one of them's gonna be. So you know what one of them's gonna be. Apparently, I don't know who you think it is, but sure. <laughs> um, all right, Olivia Jane Cockburn. Yeah. Star of Cowboys and Aliens. I feel like this one's. I don't know Cowboys and Aliens, but I feel like I have to at least render a guess here, and it seems like I can render a guess and still get some points yeah. if I miss it. I'd so, say so. I think is this Olivia Wilde? Kyle, you're absolutely correct. It is Olivia yes. Wilde. <laughs> Somehow I pulled from the dark recesses of my mind when I used to. I was first introduced to Olivia Wilde in the show House. <laughs> I feel like I knew at some point that that was not her real name. So there, you there go. it is. Well, our other two movies were going to be Ghostbusters Afterlife, which she has a kind of cameo role in. Oh, great. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. One with a cameo. Yeah. Well, she plays like the villain of the movie, but it's like oh, okay. she plays Gozer from the original Ghostbusters, but she obviously doesn't like speak or anything. It's just it's Olivia Wilde as this like. Sumerian god monster. It's very odd. Uh, and then Tron Legacy, which I don't even know if you've seen. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah, I've seen Tron Legacy. It's a great I would have gotten that in, definitely. All right. If I wouldn't have gotten it from Ghostbusters. Kyle, I'm I feeling pretty good about your chance, though. You got six out of the seven points that you need thanks to that big Olivia Wilde poll. Yeah. All right. You're I'm lo- having doubts that this last one is not going to be the one that I think it's going to be because oh, I think you would know. if. Let, yeah. Let's find out. But With your last one. Eric Marlin Bishop, mm, not star of Booty Call. Don't know Booty Call. <laughs> you don't know Booty Call? Wow. Not yeah, it's not one of my <laughs> about movies that two I've guys seen. that are like trying to hook up with these girls to have sex, but they can't. I don't know. They keep running into things that are stopping them, like they don't have condoms and stuff like that. It's. Sounds like a movie I would have watched in second grade with Yanni Butaris. Yeah, it's it's one that I watched around that age, and I have permanently <laughs> seared in my mind when him and his friend go to try to buy condoms at a gas station, and the guy working behind the counter doesn't have any, but he thinks that they're buying them to have sex with each other, and because it's a 90s movie, he's got to be, like, homophobic jokey about it, and I just remember him making a joke where he says, you've got to wrap it before you slap it. And that's what I think about whenever I see condoms to this day is the line. You've got to wrap it before you slap it. Good. There you go. I haven't seen Booty Call. All right. So no guess on uh, who that might be that stars in Booty Call? Yeah, no guess. All right. They are featured in the film The Amazing Spider-Man 2. What's the name? Eric Marlin Bishop. This is not, oh crap, what's his last name? 
It's not. Wait, you said Eric? Eric Marlin Bishop is this person's birth name. No, I my, my my guess is uh is that Paul guy, but I don't think it's him. I I don't know what his last name. Paul something. I believe you're referring to Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Which is it's incorrect. That can't be it. All right, Kyle. This is it for all the money. Okay. Eric Marlin Bishop, star of the film Ray. No, it's Jamie Foxx. It is that was Jamie Foxx. That was going to be my second guess <laughs> after Paul Giamatti, which is so silly. Why would I go up and guess Jamie Foxx, obvious made-up name? I, I don't know. Versus Paul Giamatti. I don't know why your thought was Paul Giamatti. I love the idea that somebody has the name Eric Bishop, and they're <laughs> like, know. I'm going to change my name to Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. <laughs> hey, I got the point, though, which means... I got seven points, right? You did, which means I'm not going to show up at your house later and kidnap your diabetic child and force feed them candy. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> well, my kids are not diabetic, so they they would eat they would eat all the candy. Well, I'll house, give them enough so. candy that they hit type two. All right, don't oh, worry. <laughs> uh, I thought. See, I thought you were going with my man, Mark Sinclair. I don't know who that is. You don't know Mark Sinclair? I actually do think I've probably heard this before, but I don't know off the top of my head, no. Uh, he's a, he's an actor well-known for, I'll give you three movies. Oh, good. Fast and Furious Vin 1, Diesel. 2, and 3. <laughs> well, actually, 1, 3, and Fast. 1, 3, one, 4, Tokyo Drift, and, and Fast and Furious. Yeah. The Fast and the Furious, Fast Furious, Tokyo Drift, and Fast, fast and Furious. Because he's not in Too Fast. He is Furious, not in so. Too Fast and Furious. Yeah, Mark Sinclair, a.k.a. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. I thought about, but that'd be so easy for you, you know? I, I know. Yeah. That's what I thought. Honestly, gonna, he wasn't thought on the list when now. I looked up, like, it was probably because the list I looked up was, like, surprising stage names, you know? Yeah, like, and Vin Diesel is not, not surprising. <laughs> Woo! All right, Kyle. Good job. You won the game. I'm very proud of yeah. you. Woo! And Kyle, Winner. you know what? I think I'm going to start quieting because that means it's the end of our baby new year month. The baby new year. The baby's going up. It's going to be a little toddler. But you know what? We don't have to cry for long, Kyle, because what happens when you're no longer a baby? Daddy's got some warm milk for me. <laughs> you gross. Got some warm milk for me, <laughs> Papa. I think I'm getting diabetes because that voice is just so <laughs> sweet, Kyle. Uh. <laughs> oh, what in the well, these babies are growing into toddlers, Kyle, because, you know, we need to talk about next month, our plans for next month, right? Oh, yes. What better way to transition out of being babies than to celebrate the terrible twos? The terrible twos. Because February 2022 is the most two-filled month of our entire lives, guaranteed. Two to handle. So we are going to be covering terrible part twos that were straight to home video or made for TV to beloved comedy films. Yes. Oh boy, folks. Um, I think we decided we we're going to start off with Mean Girls 2 next week. That's a good one to start with. Oh yep. yeah, folks. So we're doing Mean Girls 2. We're doing The Sandlot 2. We're doing Kindergarten Cop 2. And we're doing The Jerk 2. T-O-O for the jerk, too, folks. So Sweet. 
I'm sure in that list of films, there's a comedy that many of you out there love, and I'm sure that these sequels will not live up to their predecessors at all. I am. I think they'll be better. They could be. They might be. We're going back to our roots, Kyle, because this podcast is rooted in sequels, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're the. Yeah, absolutely. This is where we thrive. So we're going to really dig deep into the sequels that people, you know, we found some great sequels in the Disney canon. And I think we're going to find some equally great sequels in the home. I think video comedy film sequel market. I don't know what to even call it. All right. But that's an exciting time for next week, Kyle. Right. That'll begin next week. For now, I think we should be done, don't you? Yeah. Okay. So that'll do it for this week's episode of the Made for TV podcast. So let's pop out the tape and turn off the TV. If you're listening and you like what you hear, please remember to wait, review, and subscribe. Also remember to follow us on social media (laughs) at Made for TV podcast. That's at Made the number four. I can't wait to disconnect. Just I can't wait. Thank you to Quiz Wats about for our theme song, and thank you to Maggie for our artwork. Until next time, I'm Scott Goo Goo Gaga. <laughs> I'm Kyle. Bye. <laughs> oh, that's good.